0: Own, end up owning me. What's going on, cutie pies? Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, my guest today is Pedro Do Domoral. Pedro is a biomedical and biotech student who has an awesome and very informative Instagram page, which I'll link. Uh, He's a very intelligent guy, and uh, he knows his science, but he's also a dude that understands the necessity of being practical. Uh, We talk about everything from the calories in to calories out model, uh, to the great vitamin D debate, to mold testing, and his thoughts on EMF mitigation, and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, I had a great time talking to Pedro, and I hope you enjoyed the show. So yeah, brother, um, thanks for coming on to the show. No problem. Pleasure to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, Listen, I was uh, going through some of the podcasts that you've been on, which are great, and uh, Mm -hmm. I was kind of, you know, just listening to some, and uh, I wanted to find out more, so I went to YouTube, and I typed in your your name into YouTube, and a video popped up, and um, you know, I want to talk to you about science and chemistry and biology and all that fancy shit, but I want to talk about this video first, because it's a video of you skateboarding. And, bro, you're really fucking good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. They used to call me uh, Skate back in the day. I got that name from one of my friends in seventh grade. And I loved skateboarding at the time. It wasn't until about 2012, so I was about seven years into it, Uh that I stopped skating. And then I got into other endeavors. But... Yeah, I love, I love to skateboard. I was doing some pretty interesting tricks back then, jumping off of seven sets of stairs, doing quirks oh, on rails and stuff. But Dude, you were really fucking I good.
0: I was thinking, that this guy go yeah. pro or something? <laughs>
1: no, I was still just amateur. I, I saw some some pro skaters. I hung around them, but I was nowhere near their level. They're exceptionally well.
0: <laughs> I live by like a kind of a famous hipster skateboarding park here. Mm-hmm. It's called Stoner Park. And uh, yeah, you see those guys all the time. I don't know, something about skateboarding, man, and just skateboarders in general, where like we were talking about, you know, people being their, their authentic selves. I feel yeah. like they're really being, they're like super just honest and they're way less pretentious than like uh, surfers and snowboarders. Yeah. What, what is that? about? was like, well, why skateboarding? I don't know. It's so funny to me.
1: I have no <laughs> idea. I know that most skaters I've met they definitely don't have a filter. Whatever they want the world to perceive them perceive them as, they'll be that. So it's it's never like a concern to them what people think of them. So you got a good point. Surfers, I'm not too sure about because I never really met a surfer. I do surf. And I, when I was in California the last time, love loved surfing, but it, I never talked to like any of the surfers, so I have no idea.
0: Yeah, I had my moment, you know, when I moved here, I bought a board. Uh, this is like pre, you know, like I watched, we used to watch Point Break back in Russia. It was like a huge movie there. You know, you've seen Point Break, right? Keanu Reeves? No. You haven't seen Point Break? (laughs) Pedro, bro. Seriously? Oh my God. I got some
1: TV here, man.
0: Oh, you don't watch nothing. Oh, you're one of those guys. I I,
1: I do watch stuff. I'm on YouTube. I watch your videos. I watch other people's stuff, but it's like I never even have time to watch things on, on TV or movies.
0: Oh, but this is classic. This is Keanu Reeves and fucking Patrick Swayze, dude. This is like, oh, this is, you got this, you got some point homework blank. to do. Uh, no, 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 uh, point break, point break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point, point break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was saying I moved to LA, you know, I got a board. I thought it was going to be like point break. And then you go out into the water and it's like a thousand people around you. And they're all do they don't want nothing to do mm-hmm. with you they're all like super territorial you know and you're like if you do one wrong thing they're like what are you doing man and then i, I just sold my board <laughs> i was like i can't nah, deal with yeah. this this is too much so, Nah, yeah. i can't
1: imagine i never had that experience with them but i was only there for a week when i went surfing
0: uh-huh. no idea it was your first time visiting california
1: it was yeah it was the first time went to san diego i got a really good friend who lives there and uh, i loved it man but i was planning to move to cali 2019 no Things shit. didn't work out. Now I'm in Florida. And I think for good reason, because I'm sure you're experiencing it right now with the whole oh, yeah. shutdown. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. one homeless guy taking a shit on the street away from fucking <laughs> out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, it's been awful. I mean, you know. Like, that's the funny thing about L.A., though. Like, you know, I call everything L.A., but really, if you're, you know, if you drive 30 minutes out of L.A., you're in a different county. You're in Orange Mm -hmm, County or mm -hmm. you're maybe in Oxnard. And shit is different there. Completely different. Seriously. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody bothers you. Everybody's a lot more chill. Yeah, people probably have more money and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just funny. And then you go to San Diego... I was just there two weeks ago, by the way. And um, I mean, that's just like a completely different. It might as well not be mm-hmm. California. Seriously, it's mm-hmm. just a completely different planet. I was at the gym. Uh, I went to the restaurants. Nobody, n- not even the servers, not even the work. Nobody's wearing masks. Nobody's fucking annoying. Everybody's just like, you know, life as usual, which I think it should right. be by now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That, I've, I've heard, of, I heard that, that LA is just its own niche. San Francisco is its own niche. And then everybody else is outside of California really relaxed. Oh, that's is really the worst.
0: Yeah, yeah, San Francisco, oh no, that place can, everybody knows how much I hate San Francisco, that place is fucking terrible. And I've always felt that way, dude, like even before all of this. I just don't get it, like it's these buildings, I don't know, you go take a picture in front of the, uh, the uh, what is it, Golden Gate Bridge, and then like, mm-hmm. that's it. It's just buildings and like yeah. grimy uh, homeless people everywhere, and they have yeah. apps for people yeah. taking shit on the street and stuff like that, you know?
1: Yeah, so I've heard.
0: <laughs> dude, it's like, I don't know, not a fan. I think I think in California, it's like the more south you go, the better it gets. So San Diego is the best. LA is like in the middle. Mm-hmm. One, and then you have San Francisco yeah. up there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, when I went to San Diego, it was totally different vibe. I mean, there's no beating San Diego. I've been to pretty much almost all the states in the in the coast of the uh, wow. USA. And San Diego by far is the best city I've been to. I agree,
0: man. I agree. So you were going to move where? To LA? Or where were you going to go? to
1: To San Diego, but still didn't work out.
0: Ah, oh, dude. I, I mean, if I could somehow, uh, you know, like blink and have my life there, I'd be there tomorrow. Seriously, I mm. fucking love that place. And speaking of Artemis Gold, and you know, like one of my favorite gym is there, Stearns. I mean, I fucking love Stearns.
1: That you know, ever since I watched this guy go to Stearns gym, I was like, you know what, I have to be in that gym one day or another. So and did you, you go? bring it up. I mean, man, anytime I'm in California the coming year, I would love to hit you up and. Oh, you haven't gone yet? No, never. Oh, dude. Never.
0: Oh, it's the best. I mean. I mean, it's old, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what you're looking for. It's, you're definitely not going to find yeah. any like, well, although they have, no, like over the last few years, I've been going there also for a few years, like whenever I'd visit San Diego, I'd go down there. O- over the years, they have put in some newer kind of machines, like they have like a glute machine, you know, like fucking mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. chicks love doing their hip bridges and shit. But, be, but besides that, it's all like dumbbells that have been there for like at least 20 years and they have some that have been there for 40, 50 years, you know, and they have all oh, the benches are, you know, barely padded. Cause you know, back in the day when the gym opened, mm-hmm. I think it was like 1946, I'm pretty sure. It was just, the, the benches were, were just wood. There was, there was no padding, flat, yeah. it was just wood. You know? so you're, just, you're benching or doing whatever on the, on the, um, you know, hardwood uh, surface. And then they have these long benches that are standing, you know, like an incline bench, you know, they usually mm-hmm. have a seat. They have ones that just you know it's just a flat standing one where you have your feet up, real old school like Steve Reeves kind of style. I don't know who you know that is.
1: That yeah yeah, that's interesting. Never seen those before, but I, I yeah. do know that they had those flat. In I mean you're just feeling wood or metal on on your back while you're doing a bench press or something. That's pretty cool though. Laptop. I like those old school. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah Nautilus machines, everything that they had back then. Yeah they got. I the, think it's the oldest gym in America.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all... You know, people like to have those, like, best burger in town or whatever. But it's definitely all up right. there. Because I do know that Jack LaLanne had a gym. But I'm pretty sure that was a little bit later. He had a gym, but that was North Cali. Mm-hmm. He had it up in, I think it was San Francisco. Um, he mm-hmm. might have been the first gym gym. I, I I guess it also depends how you look at it. like Because it's like a health club or is it a gym. But back then, it was, they were all kind of different things. But I think, like, it's... Probably the last one standing that's like that, that's been around since that time, you know what I mean? It's a good spot. You know, lat pull down machines are connected to the ceiling, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're doing a lat pull down, usually it's a machine. Yeah, and here they're just like bolted into the ceiling and they've been bolted, it's like rusty and shit.
1: (laughs) That's pretty cool, never seen that before.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a good energy in there. You go in there and it's just a a good energy. I mean, there's a lot of like old timers there too, you know, they're just kind of doing their thing. Um, They're not super friendly, but it's all right. One of these days, I'm going to make a video going down there. So, yeah. So, did you... Was uh, training and uh, fitness sort of a, a part of your background or what?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, after I, I quit uh, skating, I got into boxing. I did that for quite some time. Mm. Never really competed, but I've, I've been around with most people that were boxing professionally around that time in Jersey City because I was in New Jersey at the time. Oh. And um, then after a couple of years, I got into MMA. Then after that... I, was back and forth on certain things and it wasn't until i would say um 2019 2018 that i got into health and the uh, uh, health sphere nutrition really in depth before that i had some ideas i would follow people that are mainstream like lane norton oh who, yeah. i can't stand now but, <laughs> yeah.
0: oh man he, he went now. full lane norton didn't he he like really changed over the years he, i feel like man well, that's what happens when you get a super popular account and people are constantly giving you yep. praise, you know, like, yeah, yeah, like, talk about this guy. Yep. Talk about how the science. I, I love yeah. him because he's like, it's it's as if, like, all the scientists in the world are contacting Lay Norton and he knows the answer. It's just like, yep. it's so bananas, yeah. right? It's like, dude, I don't think it's like that with anything in life. And for some reason, exactly. like, he has the one viewpoint that's like, well, hold on, let me tell you. Calories in, calories out. This, you right. know, like, I was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah,
1: you know, I recently found that this guy's actually smarter than he lets off you know that the, at the moment that i stopped listening to him i just thought well he he just did a phd in nutrition he didn't know anything really he did some studies on protein but it wasn't until recently that i found out he did his bachelor's in biochemistry and he went oh. pretty far because there's levels to chemistry that oh, yeah. uh, people do which is just general chemistry organic physical and then you apply all of those into certain principles He went pretty far with it, but then he decided to do a PhD in nutrition. So he's smart, but he's so rigid in the way he thinks that he never connects pieces that otherwise could be connected, like with Ray Pete. Mm -hmm. And then in return, what you get is somebody that just
0: blames
1: um, other scientists that don't think the way he does as a quack, which is the easy way out instead of thinking about things thoroughly.
0: Yeah, which is the most mainstream way of doing it anyways, right? Because that, that's been around forever, mm-hmm. that quack word, right? Which I, I fucking love it. It's just like... yeah. <laughs>
1: what was it, 1910 or something was the first time?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was a whole slew of dudes, you know, that were doing... Um, I went down a path one time of like, you know, these old school 1930s, 1940s kind of health gurus that would promote stuff. And, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it was like 80... I mean, not yeah, there's lots of like dumb stuff out there. Like, I can't remember... Like, uh, uh, like blackstrap molasses was really popular back then. You ever try blackstrap molasses? I saw you
1: folks about that. Dude, it tastes yeah, like shit. You, you can go fuck that. yourself.
0: It tastes like <laughs> shit. You can go fuck yourself. And it's that the first time? I, I, I tried it maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, but I think I was having it in yeah. like a smoothie. So you don't really taste it and you put a banana and you know, other mm-hmm. stuff. So you're basically hiding it. And I saw it the other day at the store and I was like, Oh, I remember this shit. And I bought it. It was like on sale, organic, you know, unsulfured also. And, uh. It tastes like shit, man. (laughs) Like sugar tastes way better. Even, you know, like brown sugar. It just tastes better, which is, you know, it's just the more. What uh, do uh do
1: people get it for? The iron content? Blackstrap molasses?
0: Yeah. Well, dude, if you read the old school stuff, they were using it to apply it in their hair, to regrow hair. That was a big one. Um, It does have like a certain amount of like a pretty good um, dose of magnesium in it. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely has iron in it because, you know, it's like super fucking black, right? Yeah. And um, it has a bunch of other stuff. But that was one of the things that was super popular back in the day, you know. But mm. then there was other stuff that they were saying that's just like, like, oh, you know, eat butter and eat fruits. And it was just like real basic stuff. And even back then, certain of these people were labeled as quacks, you know what I mean? So Right. You gotta... That never changes. <laughs> it never changes. So, you know, like, well, speaking of Lay Norton, so because i wanted to ask you one of the questions i had for you i mean what do you think because he's so it's become such a big fad of talking about like all that matters is calories in calories out that's all that matters calories in calories out like you know what i mean you can i don't care keto can work but it's only because calories in calories out carbohydrate Mm -hmm. low carbohydrate diets can work because only because it's calories in calories out do you think it's as simple as that or do you think there's more nuances to that (laughs) especially
1: when you get to the real thermodynamics of how Uh, you equate for calories and how the human body utilizes calories when it comes to the brain realizing if there's a deficit or if there's a surplus of nutrients things get really tricky because there's so many disciplines you have to apply to really understand why the body gains weight with excess calories or it can still gain weight when it's in a deficit because you know as as somebody that goes into starvation the moment they start applying some carbohydrates into their diet after like a long-term ketogenic diet They just pack on weight. It's because their brain, we're registering that deficit for a long period of time. Anything that they consume will be stored. And sure, insulin plays a role. Other hormones like leptin play a role. But those hormones are also involved in so many other cellular processes that you can't just say insulin causes fat gain, which a lot of these doctors like to do. And that's the main target of Lane Norton and all these other mainstream scientists is that they don't believe in the carbohydrate insulin model in causing disease And it's true to an extent, but it's also true that calories in, calories out is not as simple as the energy expenditure that somebody puts out versus the energy intake that they take in from food. So here's an example. Say you're eating 2,000 calories, right? And you're having those 2,000 calories coming from protein, only protein. Mm -hmm. Some of those proteins will be gluconeogenic. They'll go to making glucose. But then a majority of it will go to making other important um, factors like peptides and certain proteins and enzymes. So the protein that gets – is really important for normal cellular processes and in return, your expenditure is a little bit higher. The thermogenic effect of food comes into play and then what happens afterwards is you burn more fat. Same 2,000 calories but you still burn more fat. It may, you may not lose weight but you definitely take fat off of your, your body. Your, your adipose tissue shrinks. Mm-hmm. You have more CO2 that's produced. You can measure all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You take in 2,000 calories of polyunsaturated fatty acids with with, uh, a bunch of uh, processed foods and all of a sudden your metabolism changes, your mitochondria can't burn fuel efficiently, and your energy expenditure goes down the drain. Your basal Mm -hmm. metabolic rate drops, your thyroid hormones don't function as well. Even if you have adequate thyroid hormones being produced, if it's not signaling into the cell, hey, we need to utilize these fuel substrates for energy, nothing's going to happen. And in return, the same 2,000 calories will pack on some weight, you'll start to get… Uh, not only visceral fat but greater adipose fat and you look just a lot more inflamed and right there and then you, you break the whole calories in calories out model but what these scientists like to explain is that well you're, you're violating the, the laws of thermodynamics that's not necessarily the case there's a good paper that said if we equate all calories as equal we actually violate the second law of thermodynamics I forgot who it's by but it's by some physicists and chemists and the way they explained it was like we can't really quantify uh, all calories being the same. And especially when it comes to like the 4 kcal per gram of carbs, proteins, mm-hmm. 9 kcal per fat. It's really not that simple. In fact, depending on the, the carb, the protein, the fat sources you use, you can have fluctuations. Yeah. 8.7 grams, 9.3 grams per k- uh, kcal per gram or so on. Yeah, yeah,
0: There's yeah. There's really
1: no way to quantify it. You get an estimate.
0: Yeah. And, like, Mm -hmm. a real practical example of that, which I noticed, been seeing a lot more in, like, the bodybuilding sphere and stuff, is, you know, they used to say just, like, count your calories, right, and then eat less, right, to lose fat, Mm -hmm. eat more, to gain whatever, more. Recently, a lot of these, like, new, you know, the ones that are really popular on guru kind of bodybuilder types, what they're saying is, like, well, listen, I'm never going to be able to calculate exactly how much uh, calories I'm getting from food and exactly how much it should be burning, but it's about the, uh, you know, overall estimate that, um, right. you know, so it's like, oh, so it really was never simple that way, was it? You guys were just kind of, you know, going by feel, right? You're just yeah. paying attention. And I think that kind of, that's a real practical way of explaining that.
1: Um, I don't know where the calories in calories out model originated. But from what I remember, it was never meant to be used as a guideline for um, just determining weight loss and weight gain. It was it was for other purposes as well. And it became popular for the weight loss weight gain category because you know people tout the laws of thermodynamics, but they've never really done thermodynamics at <laughs> the the level of a physicist or yeah. a chemist, a physical chemist that utilizes thermodynamics for a lot of different um energy-related equations. You find out that it's never that simple. There's for example the thermodynamics they apply for calories is with an isolated system the human body is a system that is not isolated there's fluctuations in energy and um, how our body utilizes energy from different uh matter like carbon sources of glucose nitrogen sources of protein and that in turn basically flips the whole calories in calories out model in its head that isn't to say though that you, you know the calories still matter they measure of energy but it's never as simple as you have to expand more than you consume. There's other factors at play. And they'll always say that. And then they'll go back and reiterate, well, even with those factors at play, it's still calories out. Versus yeah, calories that's exactly, calories what out. <laughs> exactly what they yeah.
0: do. That's exactly what they do. Like, Have you ever done uh, you know, a low-carb diet? Have you messed around with your diets to yeah. extreme ways? Yeah. yeah. Doing carnivore? Doing I, do, I,
1: do, I do a lot of different things. I try to, a lot of different approaches because I want to see how it feels. I want to see why it fails, like with Paul Saladino doing the carnivore diet. I know why he <laughs> fails. You feel, you feel like you're freezing. Your hands are just cold. Yeah. The moment you touch a carbohydrate after doing a, a couple of months of carnivore, even a couple of weeks, it's like your, your body temperature just goes up in a couple of minutes. Ten minutes, you're, you see the veins in your hand popping now. Yeah. You feel more relaxed. You feel at ease. Obviously, the carnivore diet is increasing catecholamine activity. So even though you may not see higher stress levels, your brain is registering higher stress levels. Yeah. The moment those carbs come in, shuts it down. Yeah. So yeah, I've done a lot of that.
0: you you messed up. You know, when I, I I think I got into it first when I probably read Paul Czech's writings, you know, the whole metabolic typing, you know Paul Czech is? Yeah, so, yeah. So so bald guy from San Diego. Yeah, you gotta be careful mm-hmm. with him. You know, he says a lot. He talks about magic wands and stuff like that too. So you gotta be careful with him. <laughs> No joke. And, but he had this whole system of metabolic typing, which is sort of that idea, you know, like if your ancestors are from Russia, you know, they were probably eating a lot of fat and, you know, a few starchy yeah. carbs. Yeah. And then if your ancestors were from Hawaii, which he likes to bring up, it's like they were eating pineapple. But if you give the, you know, if you give somebody from Alaska the pineapple, they're going to get fat. And if you give somebody from Hawaii the fat, they're going to get fat. So it's like, you know, you mm-hmm. got to follow your metabolic type. So I I was... You know, a following adhering to a low carbohydrate diet for a very long time, um, you know, and I would—it doesn't mean I, I was, you know, full Paul Saladino or full Sean Baker kind of style, but um, you know, I was eating pretty low carb for years, and as soon as I started adding carbs in, when I when my my brain kind of changed, when I really shifted my ideas, when I really started questioning mm-hmm. everything, I what you were talking about earlier, dude, I gained a lot of weight. I gained like twenty fucking pounds, like twenty mm-hmm. pounds, but over the course of a year. It did take me a while. It did take me a while, and I did feel a little bloated, which is right away for me was right away. Uh, the idea in my the mind sun, was like, yeah. oh well, hmm, it's not really calories in, calories out. Y- yeah, yeah, maybe I was eating a lot more. Um, well, a little more calories, but I know that I wasn't like pigging out like a fat fuck. I just yeah. drastically changed my, you know, my diet, and it was really fast because you know I like to explore things. And uh, dude, I gained like twenty pounds, but over the course of a year five pounds, well, well, 10 pounds came off, 15 pounds came off, and then I was just back exactly to where I was. So, but, but it did take a while and I feel like there was an adjustment period, you know? Yeah. And that adjustment period, I mean, it it took some time. Um, but you know, that whole calories in calories out thing kind of, that, that, that broke it for me right there, you know?
1: Right. Yeah, Yeah. man. I I don't, I don't know what else to say about that. I could could go on a, a whole tangent about it with
0: kilojoules versus calories and what really,
1: what they're saying is manifesting as energy expenditure and intake in the human body, in the cell, in the mitochondria. There's so much that you can go into when it comes to calories, but
0: Mm -hmm. it's up to you (laughs) if you want to go down
1: that rabbit hole. Sure.
0: Well, you know, we can go, we can explore things. You brought up Puffa also, and you brought up Ray Pete. How'd you get into, uh, you know, now he's become like, I'm fucking seeing his name everywhere, right? What's up with that? I don't know if it was Danny that popularized it. Like, I mean, well, obviously he's the man, but I'm saying like, um, I don't know what happened in the course of the last year. I was at the park the other day, dude, and this guy goes, "Oh, I was doing a carnivore diet, and then I found out about Ray Pete." And I was like, "How the f- who the f- like who are you?" Because you know, five years ago, if I would have said Ray Pete, it's like no one has heard of him, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. yep,
1: that's so true, man. When I found out about Ray Pete, it was 2015. Okay. First time I listened to him was because of Christopher Walker. You know who that is, right? Yeah, the yeah, yeah. guy. Uh huh. He he had a couple of posts on Thyroid Health before he made out made all of his Thyroid guides. And he and mentioned Danny Grotti. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah, yeah. Big
0: ball supplements. I fucking that commercial. Oh my god, dude. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's like the uh Greg O'Gallagher version, <laughs> but in the
0: Yeah, yeah. He's the new version of that. What was that Asian dude that was on YouTube that was like, Hey, I think it was like Mike my... Six Pack abs? Yes. Yes, <laughs> my man. <laughs> It's Remember so those true. stupid videos? It'd be like, yeah. don't eat a zucchini, eat a cucumber. It was just the dumbest yeah. shit ever, right? I and mean, you don't know yeah. why. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sure his stuff helps people, but yeah, it's very generic.
0: Well, it, he changed his tune. He's still around, I think, right? He's still doing like... I I don't know. I have no idea, but I, I saw him a little bit later. He cut the hair short, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that fucking guy. I remember him. Yeah. So anyway, you were saying about Ray Yes. and so, yeah, like so, uh, Yeah, he Walker. posted
1: about the thyroid health stuff, which is the first time I had not learned about thyroid-related um, mechanisms. I had no idea what a thyroid even was in 2015. <laughs> and I watched the first Ray Pete video with Danny Roddy when he used to have his um, quick segments of uh, discussions with him and Ray only before mm-hmm. even Georgia was part of it. And – it was interesting to me because I knew that they were onto something that nobody else uh, looked into. It was a very unique perspective. But the moment that I found out about Ray recommending Coca-Cola, it turned <laughs> me off. At, yeah. At that time, of course, I had no idea. I, I didn't know any better, but just the idea of a processed food kind of turned me off. Yeah. It wasn't until 2018 I started hearing about them again. But 2020, the, the month that the pandemic hit, so March... I started listening more to Ray P because I started learning more about molecular biology and all of these different sciences, and it clicked. Mm-hmm. Everything Ray was talking about, all of a sudden, it clicked for me. I was like, this dude is way ahead of the curve. The things that he connects, the way he explains, the mechanisms behind why things look a certain way in a certain study, and then even though it may be an opposite result in another study, it's actually following a specific reasoning. It, it was like the whole world just fell into... Um like all the puzzle pieces came together. Do you know who a Johnny Omnivore is? Does he sound familiar? Johnny does sound
0: familiar. I'm not sure though he, who it is. He's
1: know. he follows like Ray Pete's principle and he had a post um, of just Pete and um I forgot what that movie that they came out with was with uh think, perceive, act. I forgot the name uh, of it. on the
0: on the back of a tiger. Or on, on the back of a tiger. Right, yeah.
1: Uh-huh. So he, he just had the picture of Pete where he's just thinking like this <laughs> and on on the caption, it said, when you've been confused by all of the nutritional girls, scientists, and doctors in the Instagram sphere, and the gods finally decide to award you with the the one above all. And it's basically right, like, man. It's so true. Everything that was once confusing, it just made sense for me in 2020. And then after like the middle of 2020 is when I noticed everybody started to get on the Ray Pete wave.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Instagram accounts. There's a lot of uh, pictures, memes of uh, Ray Pete sitting there in like a God meme. And he has yes. like, yes. He has, like uh, ice creams around him, hot around him, right? <laughs> and there's like Coca-Cola's behind yep. him or vice versa. Yep. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah, but that's funny. So, you know, like that's one funny. of his biggest things that he always talks about, obviously, is Pufa. Um So mm-hmm. they were would probably wondering not I mean on your radar. I mean, I don't think they were really on anyone's radar. Um, even, you know, nope. I've heard his name probably around the same time I, was, I, I found out about Paul Cech because by that time, a lot of Paul Cech's, uh students or followers, or whatever, were kind of f- moving on to other things and Ray Pete was one of the names that came up and I found out about him. The only thing with me, the way I was kind of turned off by Ray Pete though at first, I just wanna let people know, is he was talking about uh, visiting Russia and that there was, a, at the time that he visited Russia, this was like Soviet Union era, um, that there yeah. was a bad milk supply, and that was the reason that um, he saw a lot of obese people in Russia. And let me tell you, there, I know the milk supply in America is a lot better, but there's a lot more fat fucks here than in Russia, all right? I'm going to be I honest agree. about yeah, it. It's, yeah. not, <laughs> it's not the milk supply. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the thing for me. So that I kind of heard that story from him, and then I kind of was like, mm, okay, I'm just going to kind of look at some other stuff. And then I eventually came back around and um, stuck. started looking at his ideas. And one of the first ideas, well, the biggest thing probably that he talks about, right, is the avoidance of PUFA. Um, did you, so that wasn't on your radar. And then once you got into his stuff, did you go down a whole rabbit hole of that?
1: Yeah, so the PUFA in specific seed oils was on my radar, but it wasn't because of me. Uh, James D. DiNicolatano is a doctor who's a pharmacist as well, or doctor and he talks a lot about avoiding omega-6. He had a paper that came out, he doesn't even know about Ray P at the time, mm-hmm. detailing that omega-6s are likely playing a role in oxidized tissue, and in return, what happens is you get high risk of like atherosclerosis and all of the other mediated diseases from oxidized omega-6s. But what Ray stuck out to me the most about was omega-3s. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't have any inhibition when I heard it for the first time. When I realized that, wait a second, if omega-6s are bad, Ray discusses omega-3s being even more unsaturated, being bad, mm-hmm. it has to, this, there's a logical reasoning behind it. Most people get turned off as soon as they hear fish, oil would be bad. Right away, it, just, it made sense to me. It wasn't until I did organic chemistry, advanced or orgo, that I noticed he's absolutely right in more ways than people can ever hope to realize mm-hmm. unless they've taken those courses in chemistry. Mm-hmm. Once you take, take those courses... You understand the mechanism, the reasoning, and the expected outcomes when it comes to unsaturated fatty acids, any polyunsaturated fatty acid. To me, Ray, is absolutely right. I I could go into the reasons why in specific. It's up to you or if you want to Yeah, yeah. I'd
0: love to explore that, man. Um, You know, because a lot of people – I also want to talk about the ratios too because, dude, do you remember – yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember Udo's Oil? Do you remember that? I don't know. Is it? They might be still around. Udo's Oil. It was a really popular supplement brand. Mm-mm. He was like the first. I don't know if he was the first, but one of the first major popular brands were, because people started already selling omega 3s fish oil stuff, and he was the one that was like, oh no, this one has a, my oil has omega three, omega six, and omega nine. And I'm dude. I mean, I used to drink that yeah. shit for a while. <laughs> yeah. So it took me quite some time to realize that I'm actually I started I was feeling really bad, uh, really That's bad America. after doing that. Yeah, and fish oil.
1: Yeah, man. It I think fish oil is like cigarettes. You don't notice it's causing harm until five to ten years down the road. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And most of these studies don't last five to ten years. And if they do, they're usually observational. They're not interventional. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you're going to get maybe some good results and bad results at the same time. Like for example, I know with omega sixes, it, it took about five years for them to start seeing an increase in cancer. Forgot which study it was. Um, and then if they had done it longer, they had expected an even worse outcome, but it wasn't performed longer. So I don't think most people realize you may feel good in the short term, but in the long run, the symptoms will start to present themselves because damage is starting to accumulate.
0: Mm -hmm. So what do you think, um, you know, when doctors like Rhonda Patrick really promote fish oil? I mean, she, you know, she obviously, nobody's perfect, right? Right,
1: yeah.
0: But um, she must be getting it from somewhere, right? So where do you think she's pulling that stuff from that she's so, on you know fish oil that she's so for it
1: i know it's the mainstream articles observational studies that come out and say these of people, people were taking fish oil and a couple of years later they experienced less uh stroke outcomes heart disease outcomes whatever and so because they were taking a fish oil at a certain dosage for a long period of time it's obvious to her that well the logical conclusion is the fish oil benefit benefited them mm-hmm. now i'm not sure exactly which studies she looked at and the um, duration and exactly the model that they use because the model plays an important role. Like I know Kyle just made a video on his second law of th- uh, nutrition thermodynamics, mm-hmm. and it was an absolutely amazing video because it details that you can do a clinical trial and you can expect the result. But if you don't know the other factors at play, mm-hmm. you can have multiple results show up that may either be of detriment or it may seem like it was out of nowhere. And so the study can be disregarded, but mm-hmm. When it comes to these fish oil studies that he cites, they're looking at health outcomes and they probably don't focus on the type of people that they, they investigate. They usually have a healthy lifestyle as it is. They try to mitigate any kind of stresses in, in their life. They don't smoke. They don't drink alcohol. So, of course, if you take those, those uh, supplements and you have a better outcome, you can say it was because of the supplement, but what, what if it was because of the lifestyle factors involved as well? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a bias that comes in. So I think that's at play. You mean that, it's, is
0: that kind of a thing of like, you know, when they do like uh, meat eaters versus vegetarian kind of studies, right? Yeah. right? Where it's like, uh, well, vegetarians probably, you know, don't smoke, exercise or do a lot of things because they are vegetarian because they're, you know, they think they're doing something healthy for themselves. And maybe whatever, even if they are, but the point is that they're paying attention to their health versus the average America, American in Kansas that goes to McDonald's every day, Bingo. right? And eats. Bingo. That's called a meat eater, but it's like, is it, is that is meat? Is it really just
1: meat? Exactly. Yeah, is it
0: really the meat or is it the, you know, is it's not like he's eating grass-fed steaks or whatever, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. So the then same, there's the
0: mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. Matt. There's the
1: interventional set. You're good. Um, where they look <laughs> at the the people that take fish oils and they see, well, look, fish oil decreased inflammation, uh increase the amount of immune cells that were active against a certain thing, mm-hmm. decrease arthritis, whatever it is. And it's just like a 6 months one 6 month one year study. And they then do the biomechanisms involved. Uh, fish oil produces protectants, resolvents, mariners. These are all different compounds that are byproducts of oxidation of fish oil. Mm-hmm. And what they don't mention is that it's not really reducing inflammation. It's reducing immune responses. Mm. It acts like a yeah, – as if you had a fire and you just put a cap on the fire and so oxygen can't get in. But as soon as you take the cap off and oxygen returns, the fire is going to light even worse. That's mm-hmm. what fish oil is basically doing. Suppressing the immune system. So these outcomes look like they're beneficial in reality It's once again like you're taking an immunosuppressive drug. Mm -hmm. So to me even though the positive outcomes are Indeed accurate. They're not accurate for the right reasons. They're accurate for the wrong reasons. They're saying it's protective. It's Anti-inflammatory. No, it's immunosuppressive and thus it looks that way.
0: How does it work? Like what does that mean? You know immunosuppressive. Can you break that down for us? So if you were to take
1: Here's a perfect example Doctors don't want you to take fish oil before surgery Hmm. because what or if you were doing any kind of open surgery where you you, say you had to do a heart transplant, you're not supposed to take fish oil for two reasons. It thins your blood and it also makes your immune system suppressed. And so you're at higher risk of being infected with hospital acquired infections Hmm. like a bacterial infection of catheters or yeast, whatever it may be. And they don't give. Um, immunosuppressive to patients unless they're doing an organ transplant and then that that moment What's a useful alternative to alternative to immune suppression drugs and in, in organ transplants fish oil works hmm. the same way It suppresses the immune system from attacking the organ itself So fish oils aren't acting as an anti-inflammatory. They're stopping the immune mediated Inflammation like the cytokines that get released the signaling factors that are pro-inflammatory mm-hmm. That's how fish oil shows its beneficial outcomes But over the long run, what do you get? You get one, increases in oxygen that can form adducts with DNA, increasing risk for cancer, that can form adducts with protein, destroying how the protein functions, that destroys the cellular membrane. And so signaling between cell to cell basically stops. But they don't mention that. And if they do look at those markers, it's usually after the liver has metabolized a lot of these oxidative byproducts. Mm -hmm. But that's not the right way to look at them. You want to look at what's happening inside of the cell. Which is much more difficult for researchers to quantify.
0: Hmm. So it, it basically, it's just taking a Tylenol, right? Kind of, you know what I'm saying? It's just it kind of makes yeah. you feel good for the second or whatever, but it's long term. Yeah. It's uh, damaging. It's just, hmm. I, I did not know that about surgery. It's really it's a good point, man. So have you ever fucked around with the, taking it, supplementing it? Were you before you found for sure. that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: actually, you know, I think it's it as much as Ray P harps upon it being bad. I think what he means the most is that you don't want to be taking it long term. Mm -hmm. But in a clinical setting, if somebody had a blood clot and they were going to die from it, if they had taken fish oil right there and then, it would thin out the blood and they may survive from the blood clot. Mm -hmm. So it could be a medicine, medicinal use only, but it's not meant to be taken, as Rhonda Patrick says, 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day every single day for however long.
0: Forever, yeah. Yeah. But aspirin could do the same thing, couldn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And aspirin actually prevents the oxidative byproducts. Mm -hmm. didn't want to mention that.
0: (laughs) So speaking of that, you know, did you hear about the new guidelines that came out about uh, aspirin? No, Mm -hmm. they recently said that uh, people who've been taking their daily aspirin just shouldn't take it anymore, basically. It was just like, nah, it's not good at all anymore. Wow. Why? Why did they... Oh God, man. I have no idea. I don't, you know, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, it makes sense. You know, <laughs> I, just, I don't know all the <laughs> the research stuff, but yeah, yeah. I think, I think they said the only people that should be taking it is people who have had. You know, I may be wrong on this, heart but I'm, yeah, or already have had a stroke mm-hmm. or a heart attack already, though. So it's like, yeah. oh, don't even think about preventing any of this stuff. It's yeah. completely useless. Come to our come to our um, you know doctor's office. We'll get you some right. better, a little bit right. more expensive. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: You take the most inexpensive drug anybody can get for over three months' supply, and then you try to substitute it for another drug, like what's happening with you know the. I don't want to say the, you know, the virus I'm talking about yeah. and the <laughs> horse dewormer, you know? Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that was hilarious. I mean, come on. That was really funny. I mean, I, I really, you know, and again, Joe Rogan, you know, sometimes says some dumb shit too, but I'm sure I do too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? it's Nobody's perfect, but I do love the way that he dealt with that situation. I don't know if you saw, but yeah, he, had, he yeah. had, what was that guy's name from CNN? Sanjay Gupta. Yeah, yeah. And he just kind of called them out and fuck, it was, it, it was, was so like, you know, it was like, oh, Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt so good <laughs> <laughs> just to watch him like suffer. Yeah. Just like yes, oh man. And then, of course, all the memes of Joe Rogan with a with a horse head came out. So I mean, it was a good situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, do you mess around with taking aspirin? Do you do uh, some of the rapey traditional, you know, supplements like aspirin, progesterone, with thyroid? Of course, I, I definitely
1: haven't. I haven't tried progesterone. I haven't tried. Um... T3 by Telfer T4. I have tried natural desiccated thyroid. So, you know, ancestral supplements and their thyroid um, extract. And to me, that works amazingly well. I get results every single time I take it. In fact, if I take more than two of the capsules, I start to feel symptoms of hyperthyroidism where I'm a little too agitated, a little bit sweaty. So it works for me. So I never had to try anything else. But um, aspirin, I don't take regularly. If I take it, maybe because I'm super stressed out or I'm doing too much at once or if after a workout I just feel overwhelmed, I'll take an aspirin. Mm-hmm. That's usually the only times I, I do use it. I never use it on a daily basis. I don't see a problem really if you take a low dose. They talk about the gastric uh, thinning. Of, so basically the epithelium of the, the stomach thins and then you become more prone to uh, gastric bleeding. But I think that I think it's dependent on something else. You have to be deficient in something else. I think Danny... Mentions vitamin K one. Yeah, I was right? gonna say
0: K one. K is the one that comes up. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some some people say K one, others people say K two, but whatever, right. one of the case. Um, I don't know. You know, I've taken. I don't take it that that much, that regularly, but I have taken you know five at a time and standard dose. And I, I don't know. I've never felt any any intestinal problems from it. I don't know. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. a, a personal thing. But um, I and I actually never met anybody that have had any stomach problems. You you haven't either, huh? No idea where that comes. Well, I mean, it is an acid, right? So it can do mm-hmm. that, right?
1: Yeah, it's a weak acid. But if that were the case, any weak acid should be doing the same mm. thing. For example, vinegar should be doing the same mm. thing, but it's not.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point. And so what about, um, you know, thyroid and all progesterone and all that good stuff? Uh, you were you saying know, I progesterone used to be... never fucked around, but uh, sorry. Yeah,
1: I used to be really against... Hormone remedics and replacement therapy, but it's just impossible to maintain a good state of health in modern times without some additional support. There's no way you can do all of the different carnivore diets you want, you can take all of the different organs. It will <clears> not equate to the same as taking um, a couple of micrograms of cytomel or whatever else, any other hormone that you want to try. And I, th- I think that's why they have hormone replacement therapies for both men and
0: women. Hmm.
1: Because it's, it's powerful. It keeps your system running at an efficient level.
0: Mm-hmm. So, are you, what do you think about, you know, your thoughts on TRT and stuff? Because that's also becoming, I mean, every guy I know is on TRT nowadays. Yeah. And especially in Florida, yeah. all those clinics, they love those fucking yeah, clinics they, in Florida. they have eh? a lot
1: here, man. <laughs> it, it, I would say it's useful for somebody that has done, for example, steroids yeah. and they can't come back from it. No matter what they try, their, their T levels aren't coming back up. In that case, the TRT is going to be a panacea for them. They need to take it. It's going to help them out a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you can resist it, I would because you never want to be dependent upon something. Yeah. And that's the thing with thyroid, for example. You don't really become dependent on thyroid supplementation. It just helps your system run better. And as you get older, it's just going to reduce more and more. Whereas you really have to be dependent on TRT to produce your testosterone going forward if you ever stop producing your own
0: yeah. Now, here's my thing with TRT, though. Um, and correct me, do you know, I don't know how much research you've done into it, but I'm pretty sure all the, you know, like, uh, sippinate all those kind of esters, right? Mm. They're I'm pretty sure they're in cottonseed oil, aren't they? Isn't that oh, the oil? I have,
1: I have no idea in regards to that.
0: Hmm. So that's my thing with the TRT stuff, because there's a lot of oil in there. And um, mm. you ever thought about that? I don't know. If people, no, I didn't. I, the last time point. I checked, and this was like when I was really interested in, in it. This was, I don't know, maybe three, four, maybe probably five years ago. But yeah, I remember looking up and it seemed like almost all of them are suspended in um, cottonseed oil. And um, in that case... Uh, my thoughts are. You're getting. I don't know, right? <laughs> so, you're getting
1: the poofas with it.
0: Yeah. So you know, how would you go around that? I, I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, man. I, I, all I know that hormones in our bodies are surrounded by cholesterol and saturated fat. So I don't know why they wouldn't try to mimic that. But obviously, cotton seedl is cheap. It's easy to acquire now with the manufacturing processes that they have. And I'm sure there's always some. I guess some industry that wants people to use medical industry to use their, their oil mm-hmm. so that they can get money off of it. Cause you know, if, yeah. if you have uh, a product that's used by every single hospital for every single TRT, mm-hmm. obviously they're going to get large sums of money from it. Of so course. that makes total
0: sense. Of course. I have heard of, I had some clients that were on like orals. I have no idea what mm-hmm. that was. Have you heard of those? T- of no, metal? no, mm-hmm. no idea either. Um, but I mean, I guess that could be, sounds like it, there's no oil in it. But um that was that's been my thought with you know have you ever played around with uh, testosterone replacement
1: No I never done any I I've, I've seen a lot of steroids because I used to do personal training the people that I worked with they were mm-hmm. on it and the way that they they used some of them were either oral or injection but never seen or paid attention much to what they were composed of
0: hmm, hmm. Yeah well it's only a matter of time you live in Florida bro so <laughs> <laughs> That's a part of it now <laughs> What is it about Florida, you think? Why is it like, I mean, there's definitely clinics here, but LA is so. You know, I realize that if you live here, you know, I don't think I'll spend the rest of my life here, thank God. But, you know, I think you're going to be just so dependent on the system for everything, for money, for, you know, health stuff. It's all going to be like, you know, you go to this place and they tell you what to take and what to what they can give you and you take it and you go home and you sit like a robot and you do what they tell you. You know, but something about Florida, man, just screams freedom where people just go into these <laughs> clinics. <laughs> I love it, bro.
1: <laughs> What's your thoughts on moving here then? Like, I know I know, Kyle's here. He's yeah. at UCF, and I'm pretty to tampa area so yeah those are, those
0: are my thoughts my man those are my thoughts yeah. it's uh yeah like i said it's it's really just a matter of you know my work being here really because everything i i, I don't want to you know i'm from russia i don't want to move to a cold climate anymore like i'm so fucking done with fucking it like you know man. and i lived in midwest in america you know so i know what it's like here you know i lived in chicago it's fucking awful over there it's just mm-hmm. like russia in the winter. It's terrible. You know, which is funny, right? Like you watch like Rocky, and it's like the worst winter ever. Remember he's like trading in the fucking in the snow. Chicago is the same. You don't have to go to Russia; (laughs) (laughs) it's right here. Like it's it's exactly the same. Too funny. But um, yeah, man. So I don't like I'm. I've been here for a long time, so I'm like so over cold. You know, I don't want to move anywhere cold unless, I guess, you know, I don't know. There's you know, Ray Pete lives there, and they give me a million dollars or some shit. I'm just joking, but. Yeah, Florida <laughs> right. is looking good. The only thing that I have heard though is that humidity is awful, man. I've heard it's fucking awful. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From
1: from from May till August, you're definitely gonna get some humidity. It's not as bad as Texas. I don't know if you've ever been to Texas, yes, but in Austin. Texas it's worse
0: yeah listen Austin, yeah, Austin is just a mini a Venice California it's just a bunch of these like keep Austin weird I, it's just, I don't, it's, I'm <sighs> these people with green hair just fuck <laughs> off go be ways just <laughs> shut up whatever happened to like you being weird because you want to be weird you know what i'm saying like you want to be a punk like be punk like that's cool it's not cool if you have to tell me that you have to be punk and i have to accept you as a punk you know what i mean like you want to be weird be fucking weird i'm all for people doing what they want but like like skateboarders you know what i'm saying they just do whatever the fuck they want they don't ask anybody like hey can i skate here like no they just fucking do it right
1: have you have you heard about the the florida man or the meth heads in florida yeah yeah well
0: you know i'm also aware again being from russia like i'm also aware of propaganda and i noticed that as soon as i moved to california there's this like massive propaganda and i swear to god dude like it's really real you talk to anybody from la they think that everywhere in across america it's all just a bunch of rednecks who shoot guns and especially florida it's just full of Full of mm-hmm. just these people who, you know, have one tooth and they just have shotguns. And yeah, that's yeah. all they do. That's like everybody in LA thinks that way. of Florida. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got some areas that are like that for sure, but I'm they're sure. more inland. Yeah. Anywhere in the coast, it's more like, I mean, the Pacific side of the Pacific, the uh, Western side in the Gulf area is very, very uh, old school because there's a lot of retirees that come here. Mm-hmm. And then the East side is the closest it's going to get to, say, San Diego, honestly, that's mm. the best comparison you have with the mm. east side of Florida.
0: I think I'll be there in, in a in a few years for sure. I'm telling you, we'll, we'll, we'll... <laughs> it's yeah. just like it's. Well, it's again, it's funny. It's all it's also about you know what you're used to because people talk that way. Like I said about the rest of America, California. Like I said, they think everybody else is a fucking redneck and they don't know anything but mm-hmm. it's funny that, dude, I can take you 10 minutes away from my house and I'll show you a giant, massive homeless encampment and they're doing meth in there, wow. right on the street and they're just, and dudes get shot all the time over there and it's right here, you know what I mean? And they think that it's like that in other places but because they're so used to it, like here's a perfect example, like I had a friend, I had many friends visit me here and you know, I'll be like at a stoplight whatever, I will be chatting and there'll be some homeless guy just standing on the street, just ah! you know, yelling, just like mm-hmm. acting out. And I don't even notice it anymore. It's just, a, it's just a part of the scenery for me. It's just like, you know. Wow. But yeah. people are like, oh my God. And I realize, like, oh, you know, you just become numb to shit that you're always around. You know, so yeah, that's my bit. But but I that, that's <laughs> pretty
1: crazy though, man. There's always some of that that influences you and the way you, you see the world. Cause of course. Because what, what surrounds you always has an effect on you. Like course. what Ray says, the environment that you live in does play a role in your, your state of mind and your health. flexible you are with your thinking
0: yeah i mean i just stayed here bro i just came here i went to college and i just was like okay i just stayed here it just became Mm -hmm. you know it's not that i mean this i would having like having a family here and like raising kids here people who are doing it dude they're slaves they're working 14 hours a day yeah they get in their tesla they drive back you know they eat a whatever some i don't know some chicken salad from some shitty place For $25 and they drive home and they have nannies watching their kids all day long. I mean, they have no lives. And it's like you have those two days on the weekend where they, I don't know, go there, go somewhere. To me, it's like, I don't know. I I really would rather live in Kansas or some, you know, cold place or something like that. It's not a place to be. Florida, my man. And it's becoming uh, kind of, dude, everybody's moving. Austin, like I'm, I'm no, I'm good. Unless there's just something that really comes up that I gotta go to Austin. I don't, I don't know. I've been there. It's like so humid. The whole weird thing. It's like, oh, that's cool. Like, I, I, yeah, <laughs>
1: Austin's basically a second L.A. at this point. It I mean, really they're is. They're having their own homeless problems.
0: Yeah, yeah. It really is. I don't know. I mean, I know Rogan is there, right? Everybody's moving there. But to me, it's like if I'm gonna be in that humidity, well, I might as well move to Florida, right? Have beaches and stuff. Right. I mean-
1: <laughs> yeah, the, that the beaches here are definitely nicer for sure white sand. What, what did huh? um yeah white sand what did you do in or like what what do you do there what's your job the degree that you I have work with in,
0: clients yeah well, yeah I, I i kinesiology that's what i did and nice, uh gotcha yeah all physiotherapy all that stuff and then uh just realized that uh, i was kind of tired of getting brainwashed so uh <laughs> i just started working for myself <laughs>
1: Yeah. I see I see that you train with um where you've trained with like Dmitry Kolav was it yeah the, what it, Olympic weightlifter. uh-huh
0: uh-huh yeah, dude,
1: that's amazing Charles Paul that's Quinn. some next level stuff,
0: yeah, 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 oh, he's a legend, he's a legend, and you know just a normal guy you know i he had like uh that day that I posted that picture, I remember he had like a uh, a grilled cheese sandwich for uh like Hmm. breakfast (laughs) and then and then he went and snatched you know whatever there's a video on youtube it's like an old school russian weightlifter trick where you pick up the weight and hold it you know he's gonna do a snatch you you know like a pause snatch meaning like he'll come up halfway right he's just holding it and -hmm. while you're holding it he says a poem recites a poem and then he finishes the snatch. So he, he's like doing like an isometric yeah. hold with like, I don't know, 140 kilos or something insane. You know? uh,
1: just yeah, 140 <laughs> kilos, nothing too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was filmed at a uh, uh, bro's gym in Las Vegas. I filmed that. That was me filming it. So he said like, some, recited some poem to his wife and it was really sweet and then fucking snatched it up. That's amazing. Yeah, he's an animal. So what kind of, you know, what kind of fitness stuff are you into? Right
1: now, I'm just doing powerlifting and typical bodybuilding stuff but i'm hoping that soon i start getting back into mma because you can be as strong as you want you can do 500 pounds in a bench press you can deadlift 700 pounds as soon as you're in the mat it's totally a different as soon as you're against somebody that that is physically hitting you those numbers don't matter for anything yeah. the tr- with like grappling and holding on to people and then trying to use your strength against I'm sure it helps mm-hmm. but everything else is non-translatable so to me that's the most important is having the functional aspect of of fitness yeah. which is being able to beat people
0: up strong is just a word we use man really you know yeah. I always say that too to my clients it's like Listen, Anderson Silva. I guarantee you, he can't squat double body weight, but he can mm-hmm. head kick you in the fucking head, and you'll die. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it yeah. just depends what you mean by strong. You mean strong like in the weight in the weight room? Strong in life? Strong in grappling? Strong in weightlifting? I think it's um, you know, and over the years, like it's really become um, you know, training and, and and kinesiology has really infiltrated hit my mic sorry infiltrated (laughs) that um the scenes of you know professional athletes and professional training but i'm i'm getting to a point where it's kind of it's it's getting to a point where it's it's looked at as if like oh This is why he won. It's because he has the best trainer in the world. And, you know, like Mm -hmm. Conor McGregor, it's because he's doing cycling 50 kilometers a day. And he has this fantastic kinesiologist sports trainer who knows exactly what he's doing. That's why he's knocking guys out. And it's funny enough, right? Like I brought him up. Like If you look at his career, back when he was doing just basic shit over there in Ireland, that's when he was actually KOing dudes. And the last few fights, right? Hasn't happened, has it? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point it's the the basics and just reiterating the basics over and over again the moment he started training with Ido Portal do you know who that is yeah um, of course yeah. yeah I worked with that's him, when man. it was basically down here
0: <laughs> yep 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 and you know and again with it's like people even gave Ido so much credit because that was still he mm-hmm. he um had the fight with Diaz right and right before that he knocked out Chad Smith or Chad Smith who the fuck is Chad
1: Ch- Smith? Oh. <laughs> Chad Smith. That's, that's the power lifter. I forgot his name. Um, uh, drug, juggernaut training, something like that.
0: Chad Smith? Why the fuck is yeah. that name came out of my mouth? <laughs> that, I don't know. Chad <laughs> Mendes. Chat Mendes. Chat Mendes, yeah. Chat <laughs> Mendes. Um, but yeah, you know, what we were saying, it's just... And then he got Ido, right? But people were like, oh, it's because he's doing the movement training, which is why. That's why he's KOing Yeah, dudes. yeah. You know, I've, I've been meaning to get some more... Um, trainers like yourself and whatever people have have experience in the gym and to talk about this uh, on my podcast because it's like like i said there's only so much you can do in the in the weight training room that'll translate and whatever will translate to me it's just uh it's like it's like the glue that kind of holds you together it's not going to turn somebody who can't hit who's not a strong power puncher it's not going to turn mayweather into mike tyson no matter how hard he trains, no matter if he hires Louis Simmons and he fucking gets together with Chad Smith <laughs> and, and, and gets his gets bench press up. Like it won't change him as a human. Yeah. Could, could it make his punch a little bit stronger? Yes. Could it make him a little bit faster? Yes. But mm-hmm. it's not gonna change who he is as a fighter, as, a, as an athlete. It's like, you know, um, track coaches have that saying, right? You aren't born fast. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't make you faster god damn it i keep fucking it up you're born fast and we make you faster you're not going to be born a slow medium runner and you're going to come train with me because i'm the you know i coached ben patrick in the fucking toronto whatever in the olympics and and i'm going to improve your running and i'm going to make it tenfold times better no you'll just get better by doing the training with your coach but you're already born fast you know like usain bolt he was born like a fucking, you know, che- he's born a cheetah, you know? He's not born a fucking giraffe, and then, like, through all that hard work and training, he be- he became a cheetah. No, I guarantee you he was outrunning fucking everybody over there in Jamaica, you know what I'm saying? So it's like that with with uh, it's be- with uh training, physical training. It became this thing of, like, fighters seeking out the best trainers that'll, like, improve their game, and then they're going out and, get- and getting into fights, and they're like, wow, I'm still performing the same. <laughs> it's like... You're not going to change your, yourself. You're not going to change who you are yeah. through that.
1: It's the, there's there's a baseline starting point for athletes, and you see the same thing happening in microbiology with other organisms. Like you always have a baseline level of attributes, and you can only build upon it so much before you hit a certain limit. The mm-hmm. only way to pass that is with performance enhancement drugs. That's yeah. the only way.
0: Yeah, that's a good example too. Like you said, right? Because. You're not going to take, I could take all the fucking steroids in the world and yes, I'll grow. I mean, that's another thing that like, like people who are like claim to be natties that aren't really natties say like, you're not going to be big. Like, no bro, I'll be big. I'll grow. Like I'll ruin my liver. I'll ruin everything in my body, but I'll grow, but I'm still not going to be Ronnie Coleman. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to change. You still have to be born Ronnie Coleman and then add all that other insane shit that they do. And then that's how you become, you know, the elite of the elite. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Does that make sense? Yes, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right.
1: You could explain that in the, for example, everybody has a different set of genes that gets translated, and whatever level that those genes get translated, that's basal transcription or the baseline level that those genes translate. And some people, like Ronnie Coleman, will have genes that are increasing in translation of myostatin inhibition. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. he works on muscle more effectively. And somebody else that doesn't have that same level of transcription or translation. And that can be a real determinant factor in will you have success in a sport or not. Mm-hmm. And in that case, some people like Ronnie Coleman are just born a certain way, like you mentioned. And they have um, a span in which they can increase their, their strength and their size so much that it seems abnormal. But to them was actually within their yeah. their framework, like it was possible for them.
0: Yeah. And you've worked with clients. So have you noticed that? Like, I've definitely noticed that. You know, I have clients that you fucking, I give them the same workout. You know, I to give two different clients similar workouts. One guy just blows up like a fucking balloon. You know what I mean? And another guy, I have. we have to do sets after sets after sets for him to gain mm-hmm. a little bit of muscle, you know? Yeah, and yeah. It's, it, you could blame, but then the trainer gets blamed sometimes too, right? So, y- you know, it's like... Ugh, I, People are so different, man, and it's really crazy how they're different. But they're really different, cause you know, yeah. I know guys that work out once a week and really do eat a shitty diet, and they're jacked. I know lots of dudes like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I used to be that way myself. I've always had abdominals. I never had to work my abs out, but. Mm.
0: See, there we go. The, Perfect example. The I'm the complete opposite, bro. I had I was doing 250 leg raises, 250 daily, Burn daily up. and running, bro. And that I just the worst you know, my dad is a musician, my mom was a school teacher. Like just the worst genetics ever. <laughs> so like I, I I'm not a muscle mass monster. For me too, right. you know, the best shape I was ever in, I had to lift six days a week, eat so much that I was like just disgusted mm-hmm. by it. You know, like, I, I know that's not me. I would never be a physique competitor. I'm just, it's not my, not the way I'm yeah. built.
1: You have, you have other strengths. Like, I'm sure you're strong as fuck when you probably lift more than most people your size. And yeah, weight.
0: that's true. Yeah, so that's, but, but physique wise, it's terrible. You know, like, I see your, you sitting right here, your fucking big bicep peaks, already peeking out. Do you know how yeah. many curls I had <laughs> to do just to get him to look a little shapely? Like, right. it's insane, you know? <laughs> yeah. Now, legs, for example, for me, like legs, that's one of, you know, my strong suits, like, I'll squat once a week, yeah, right away. You know, I wish yeah. it was that way for my arms.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think most people, once they realize that, that's when they start to try different supplements, different routines, different training programs, and you may see some progress and results with them. But once again, it's it's you can, I don't want to say it's dependent on genetics because it's not, there's more that goes into it, but mm-hmm. you have a baseline and you have a range of how much you can progress. And usually, your progression will always fall within that range. It's only until you've done training for years that you hit the plateau, and then you consider different things like maybe SARMs or steroids or whatever else you have in mind. Mm-hmm. And then that maybe pushes you just a little bit further for such a short period of time. After two to three years, you recoil and you're right back where you were.
0: Mm-hmm. So, here's an interesting thing to talk about then, because we talked about repeat and we talked about genetics now. Because, you know, in the repeat world, it's sort of kind of like, the genetic part is kind of played down, right? It's kind of as mm-hmm. if Ray is not even a fan of that whole idea at all, right? Do you know what I mean? Like, right. that...
1: I could understand why. Yeah. I, I, definitely, I think Kyle's also not too much of a fan of genetics. I mean, I could explain probably as best as I believe their perspective on why, and it definitely is true to an extent. But certain conditions, um, for example, severe immunodeficiency, you can't escape that. If you don't take care of that and you don't do a bone transplant for immune, immune cells, you're going to die within two years. Mm-hmm. And that's a true genetic disease that can't be overcome. Mm-hmm. Down syndrome is another one. You have 20, uh, 321 chromosomes. You're, there's no escaping it. You're going to have Down syndrome mm-hmm. unless you take out the chromosome before um, the baby's born, which is going to be exceptionally difficult to do. So those th- there's true genetic diseases. Yeah. But I, I think both uh, Ray and Kyle, I believe that the way they see is once you're born – the genes that you have don't just determine what's going to happen to you, and there's a whole list of reasons why that is
0: yeah, well, you know we'd have to bring on Kyle here because um, we, we, maybe we'll get a three way threesome going mm-hmm. with you guys one of these days we'll get that we'll make that happen um, Kyle I don't want to speak for him, but um, um I don't think he agrees with everything on repeat as far as the genetic stuff um, we'll we'll talk about it maybe in another time um, yeah, yeah, because you know. Is it do you think it's sort of like that super 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 simplified um analogy of you know genetics genes are the guns, right, and then your epigenetics is the one that loads right. the gun? do you think it's i mean it kind of applies? Do you think that's fair to say <laughs> tough
1: questions so Have you ever heard or has anybody talk to you about something like RNA splicing? Does that sound familiar?
0: Yeah, but I'm not an expert, so let us know so <laughs> you,
1: so you have a set of genes right that Really, genes are just chemical compounds that are linked together by hydrogen bonds. Mm-hmm. That's it. The same chemical compounds like the nucleotide adenine, you're gonna find it in vitamin B two. You're gonna find it in vitamin B three, you're gonna find it in ATP. It just so happens that the body decided to use one of these uh compounds as a basis for the DNA.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a genes is basically just a segment of DNA that's making a protein. But when when the body decides to make the protein from the gene, it has to make first RNA. Mm. And from that, the RNA can undergo a ton of different processes that people really don't mention because it's complicated. One of the processes with RNA is called RNA splicing, where it literally, imagine the the pen is the RNA, it'll cut itself into different segments. And that leftover segment can be, uh, it could be a red color, a green color, a blue color. And it's the same piece of RNA with the same protein that it's encoding, but because of the RNA splicing type, Uh it'll make isoforms. And for example, uh, one example is troponin, the protein has different isoforms, 60 different kinds. And so you can have the same exact protein, with 60 different kinds of overall forms it takes. And each form can have a specific niche in the body in which it activates certain certain pathways or it, it increases certain factors in the body and that itself changes the whole genetics huh. um, is the is the gun and then epigenetics is the the environment plays a role to it because right away that happens by itself. No epigenetics is involved. Mm-hmm. There's no regulatory factor involved. It's usually just as as in need basis. What the body needs, it'll produce.
0: So like when, when somebody does though the basic twenty-three meat spit test thing, right, and sends it in and then you get all these little codes and numbers for genetics and stuff. What, what is that that they're testing for? What is that exact thing?
1: So I never really even paid attention to the 23 me because I knew that some of it just isn't true. Like, oh. they'll put a, <laughs> a gene on there, yeah. Um, and if you have that gene, if you're heterozygous, homozygous, they'll say that you have a higher chance of condition X happening. Mm-hmm. But... But this is, this
0: is them like from seeing studies with people that have this gene. And it's just a, it's just that same vegan, uh, vegetarian versus meat eater thing, right? Like I'm saying, they're just like, oh, this one is associated with people that do this. Is that kind of what's happening there?
1: Okay. And the way that they associate it is usually with genetic defects. Mm -hmm. So you're never able to really tell what a gene is doing. You just have this instance of the defect saying, well if the person doesn't have this gene, they, I don't know, they lose an arm quicker or they, their arm, they don't grow muscles anymore. And then you do it on a mice study and it shows a completely different outcome in the mice. And so you're like, well, this gene codes for both protein atrophy and then it also codes for brain atrophy. Mm-hmm. You're like, how is that possible? How can a gene have two specific functions but it still be one gene? As it turns out, that's very much possible thanks to the way that after genes are expressed, the, um, the RNA gets, Mess around with, and so you can have an association on 23andMe of whatever gene coding for higher risk of breast cancer, and then you still don't get breast cancer, and instead you get you get some something totally different like uh, Alzheimer's disease. And the reason why is because the same gene can code for different effects in the human body.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because it became, and I've done that by the way, because I, I like to do everything. <laughs> I and um yeah, to tell you the truth, man, it didn't tell me dick. <laughs> you know i have yeah. i had these two one gene said um i have the genetics of uh um i have good good genes for um uh, for, for muscle hypertrophy which like i said i don't need you to tell me like i fucking know i actually don't <laughs> for certain for certain body parts you know what i mean like i guess like i, I know like i'm not a bodybuilder physique and then it told me, like, you know, I have uh, – but, but at the same time, it told me that I have genes for, uh, associated with endurance athletes. So it's like, oh, so you were saying mm-hmm. I have a little bit of each. Oh, and it probably means I'm a mix. Oh, and it probably means most people are that way anyway, right? Like, exactly, exactly. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah.
1: It, it fits into the majority of the population, and if you happen to be that, it's uh-huh. going to look good for you.
0: So you're not a fan of taking those ancestral and 23 and me's no. mm-hmm. not, not at all. Yeah, no. <laughs> so what, what, how do you go about, you know, let's say you're working with a client and he wants to, you know, optimize his health. How, what do you do? Do you do blood tests? Do you do hair mineral analyses? <laughs> or not really? Or do you I, t-
1: I like to, use, uh-huh. I like to use the body as a blueprint. And I believe this is something that Ray discusses as well because You can have things show up normal on a blood test. You can have things show up normal on a urine analysis test or whatever test that they decide to do when things clearly are not going right. And because of that, it's better to have the person describe what symptoms they may be facing or their history, which plays a huge role into why these symptoms present in the first place. And then that in turn can help you diagnose what the person might be uh, facing or what kind of condition they might have been dealing with for years and from there you can plan out a protocol for them that really helps them but it's never it's never been a one size fits all approach like every single person i've ever worked with and i stopped working with people recently because of the time constraints but every person that i've worked with before always had something different even though they've had manifestation of the same thing like with mold illness and Uh, Or whatever condition they might have had like SIBO. There's always something different about each person and the way it manifests even though It's the same condition. Mm -hmm. So the tests are useful to have an idea But in no ways do they really tell me what to do with the person It's always dependent on the person's history what they've had success with and then from there you make a plan Mm
0: -hmm. Are there basics that you kind of do you know, whatever your family member gets sick and you want Mm them you want to check what's going on Are there basics that you run through?
1: The, the most important three things to me would be having adequate protein. Protein intake is one of the biggest to me. Uh, so many people do not eat enough protein in their day. Lowering stress levels as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And then trying to mitigate as much as you can when it comes to environmental toxins. Never will be 100%. But because they're so ubiquitous and you're always around something that's affecting your health, usually this plays a larger role than even food or anything mm-hmm. else that they might have in mind.
0: Well, let's break each one of those down. So protein, are you kind of the fan? You know, in the rapier world, it's like what? Like basically around 100 grams, a little bit more above, if you're a little bit more muscular or big, whatever. Is that fair, you think, or? Yeah,
1: I I always say you don't want to be below 100 grams, no matter your weight, your size, whatever it may be, unless you're like four foot five,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. which is extremely unlikely, but you need protein. And it's better to see it from a cellular perspective it's not just about protein to build muscle or whatever. It's because every single process in your cell is out of, or depends on protein. Enzymes are protein. Ribosomes make proteins. Codons code for proteins. Mm-hmm. The DNA can activate thanks to proteins. It's all protein dependent. You need those amino acids. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Ideally, if you're an athlete, I would guess that the best idea would be one gram to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Mm-hmm. So. That's the, the high end to me. I don't want to go above that. I don't think there's any benefit. Usually it just converts to glucose. Right. Um, the, the stress, it can be usually work stress, family stress, life stress. The main thing is if you can take a break and you're able to have a vacation, do that because immediately people are going to see results. I mean obviously every time somebody goes on a vacation to whatever, Bahamas or wherever they decide to go, they always feel better. And yeah. that's like a yeah. a golden ticket to saying, look, this is what's wrong with you. You're dealing with way too much stress. Yeah. Why don't you just take a break from things if you can? But most people aren't able to, so Gotta you work to other things.
0: Gotta work, Pedro. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. That's the I, out of those three, it's like people will change their diet. They'll probably add some supplements. Well, supplements is like, right? That's like the became the end all be all. It's just throw fucking whatever. Magnesium at you you just shove it in there, right? Yeah. And uh but doing the stress thing of like, hey, you know, and it's also very subjective, and it's also I think people aren't aware of what stress is to them. Do you know what I mean? Like they fucking yeah. hate their job, and they're not really happily married, or they hate really? their, girl yeah, exactly. or they fucking in a horrible toxic relationship, and they just keep plugging it along, right? And it's because it's hard. I understand mm-hmm. it's hard to like end things or move on, but. Yeah, people have to be aware of that shit. I think people, My, of,
1: micro stressors,
0: micro stressors. Yeah, well, they become macro stressors, right? <laughs> Over time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what's that last one that you had? Oh, uh, environmental uh, met- toxins, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So, I mean, this is a big one, it's not being considered as much. With obviously, you've heard of endocrine disruptors, and there's only to an extent that you can absorb so many endocrine disruptors before you won't see any greater effect. Mm-hmm. Basically, whatever they're disrupting will take on zero order kinetics, meaning that it's already saturated. You can't get any greater effect from this um, outside of just like damage to the tissue itself. So that's obviously a big factor. If you're, drinking out of plastic bottles that leach all of these bisphenol related compounds not just bpa bps there's so there's thousands of them yeah they just rename them i don't know if people are aware. yeah exactly of them, yeah
0: it's really important because and i'm a big fan of uh, anthony jay's book have you ever read that it's called uh estrogeneration great book if people I have read it. i have not but you know I've i mean but it. it's just like he just breaks breaks it all down like how much plastic is in fucking everywhere Everything. everywhere it's not only yeah. your plastic bottle i, I mean I, I do feel like a lot of people kind of sit on a high horse when they talk about I don't drink out of plastic bottles, only out of glass, but they sleep on polyester sheets, they wear fucking clothes Bingo. made out of polyester, They're, you know, their their carpet is made out of plastic, their car is made out of plastic, it's fucking everywhere. Everywhere. And I'm not perfect either, I, I'm all around that shit too, yeah. I'm just saying. So, but I just mean like it's it's way beyond uh, plastic bottles, I think, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right, the, even the house, like the tiles that they yeah. have in, in this, this apartment that I'm in, they coat it with something to uh, prevent any damage to it. That's off-gassing chemicals. You, you don't notice it until you step out of your house for a couple of hours and then you come back in and there's this residual scent in your house. It's like, oh, now I smell it. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah, You can't get away from environmental toxins. The thing is, you mitigate it. One of the ways you mitigate it is obviously leaving your door open, letting fresh air come in, utilizing binders because they will um, covalently bond to these molecules, get stuck, and they'll be carried out of your body. But even then, you'll never be 100% better. So it's doing it as much as you can and being as proactive as you possibly can. Mm-hmm.
0: And what do you mean by binders? What sort of things?
1: So the main one that is most often utilized and most well-known is activated charcoal. And mm-hmm. activated charcoal will, will literally pull anything. It'll pull metals out of your body. It'll pull um, phthalates out of your body. It'll pull mycotoxins. Whatever is getting into the enteric system when it's being um, pushed out by the liver, it'll pull and hold on to that so strongly that it won't recirculate mm-hmm. but there's other ones fulvic humic acid different minerals act as antagonists to these compounds different phytochemicals which i'm sure you've heard of like with phytates mm-hmm. that's why they bind the metals and then they excrete it out of your body in some amounts it could be helpful but you don't want too much so there's many different binders whatever covalently bonds to the the toxin itself and gets it out of your body without recirculating is a binder
0: mm-hmm well, you know, activated charcoal has been sort of ruined for me and a lot of people by David Asprey, or as I like to call him, David as- Asshole. Um, <laughs> how much experience have you had with that? Do you, do you take that on a regular basis?
1: No. No, this is just to state like this is the most common one, the <clears> most well-known <throat> one. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want to be taking activated charcoal for, unless you have some right. major problem. That's what I've like, heard. Yeah. Because it, it takes away from your mineral stores. It makes your gut all messed up. It, it destroys the microbiome in some sense. So you get some results that, yeah, you got the thing you're trying to get rid of, but look at these other effects. You become copper deficient, anemic, you've become low in zinc, you are now having issues digesting proteins or dairy. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why is just overuse of charcoal. Mm-hmm.
0: So sort of- I don't know
1: what, what Dave Asprey says <laughs> though. What what does he talk about?
0: Oh, I don't know now, but I mean, he, he just had, you know, he was like one of the first ones to make it a, a, a mainstream supplement, I think. Um, oh. there a lot of people were taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but so so sort of think we should think about it as something that clears out stuff, but clears out everything, not just the bad stuff. Exactly. Right? Is that the way to exactly. think about it? Okay. And then um, you were saying like minerals and stuff like that. So what do you mean like like uh, minerals? you drop in your water? Or? Yeah. So
1: mm-hmm. yeah. So the, uh, electrolytes will prevent the absorption of other metals. Like if you had lead poisoning from drinking water, if you had, for example, magnesium, potassium, sodium, whatever is there, it'll actually prevent antagonistically the uptake of lead. And Mm -hmm. if you had um, fish that had mercury and you consume plants that had polyphenols, it'll chelate the mercury out so that only about less than 1% actually gets absorbed by the system. There's different ways. So even fiber can act as a a chelation agent. It's just what is the person's preference? What do they do well with? Because obviously some people do not like fiber, don't want to use activated charcoal, then find another alternative. That's it. Mm -hmm,
0: mm -hmm. So is there anything supplement-wise that you take regularly? You know, or maybe day-to-day or at least commonly during the week? Commonly,
1: definitely niacinamide. Niacinamide Niacinamide. is amazing Mm. for me. I get... So I have ADD and... When I take <laughs> I think I too. it goes, <laughs> it goes away. Yeah. Really? It's huh. common, man.
0: It's, I have it's, some nice cittinites in here, but I've never uh, I I never noticed that effect, I guess. How much uh how how much do you take? Five hundred milligrams.
1: And just That's with just just a day with some food? Just a day. Yeah. Mm. With some carbs and immediately I'm just zoned in. I don't get distracted or anything.
0: Hmm. It's it's also a popular one amongst the Ray Peters, right? It's yeah. becoming I think it's um, coming up. And and what other stuff does it help with, too, like niacinamide?
1: So niacinamide in general is just going to help your body oxidize the substrates better. And in turn, every other process is helped out. And so I think it's more what it does for the mitochondria that shows up as some of the effects of niacinamide. So better focus, memory, recall, uh, general reduction of inflammation, improvement of substrate utilization. So it's just a overall um swiss army knife in a sense okay okay. that's it
0: okay now i wanted to bring up um a really heated debate (laughs) a really a debated uh supplement vitamin d because you have a feeling (laughs) you do that well dude you have a you have a great uh instagram i think it's saved one of those safe story ones highlights highlights sorry yeah i'm so sorry instagram pretty (laughs) sponsored. Um, about it. Um, Because, you know, it's been going back and forth, at least in my circle of people that I know and chat with, you know, people like Matt Blackburn and Kate Deering and Danny Roddy. And, you know, they had this debate talking about it where, you know, debating about vitamin D. And I felt like it fucking went nowhere. And most people are still on the same kind of, you know, if they're on on the bandwagon of taking it, and if they're not, they're not. So... Mm Um, what are your thoughts on vitamin D? You broke it down quite nicely, I thought, in your little highlight. Could you just you know, break that down for us again?
1: Sure. So vitamin D, so I know Matt calls it the steroid D. So I could call it that, whatever it works. But I'll, I'll explain each process <laughs> one by one. UV light is damaging if in excess. Your body has the 7-dehydrocholesterol. UV light hits it. It causes what's called a pericyclic ring opening reaction. Basically, the cholesterol ring will open. Mm -hmm. Once it opens up like this, that's what you call Mm secosteroid. Secosteroid is able to interconvert from itself into cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And so there's this reaction in which if you have too much vitamin D, it'll actually convert back to cholesterol. and So you'll never have a toxicity issue and it'll protect from excess UV damage. Mm -hmm. But if the secosteroid gets converted further, it becomes the vitamin D3. That is the one that most people supplement. Mm-hmm. Then it goes into the liver, it gets hydroxylated at the 25th carbon. So you have carbon 1, 2, 3, all the way to carbon 25, and then you add an OH group, oxygen, hydrogen, that's called hydroxylating. And once that happens, you have 25-hydroxyvitamin D. That is the one that I believe Matt calls the storage form. Mm-hmm. And it's true, it's stored in your body, it's not really an active form. Once it gets brought to the kidneys, it gets hydroxylated again at the first carbon. And so you have 1-25 dihydroxy vitamin D. That is the active form. That's the one that produces antimicrobial peptides, calcitriol, calcitrin, all of those different mm-hmm. vitamin D related proteins. And those
0: just to peptides. pause you right there, the active yeah. versus the in the storage form. When yeah. when they're testing, when they, when you go to a doctor and they taste test your vitamin D, what are they testing for? Well, which one? Usually
1: <clears> it's the 25 hydroxy and if somebody is sick and they have para- uh, parathyroid hormone or any kind of excess calcium they'll usually test 125 but it's not often no, what no. they mostly test is the 25 hydro- storage form the storage not form. form
0: not the active form and the active exactly. form means what like it's all, it's in your it, explain what that means uhhuh
1: basically the 125 is what gets brought around to the cells mm-hmm. so that once it binds to the receptor it triggers genomic changes tells your genes to activate unique peptides for killing microbes, for increasing calcium inside of the the circulatory system, for liberating calcium from the bones and from your teeth, and so you get demineralization. Mm -hmm. That's what 125 is doing. The 25-hydroxy gets stored in adipose tissue, fat Mm -hmm. cells, or in immune cells, so Mm -hmm. that when they face a microbe, it activates, and then you get an antimicrobial peptide.
0: Can you test for the active form? Is that what you were saying? You can't but your doctor yeah. won't usually do it till he'll test for the storage form. So likely. Exactly. So then if you really want to get into the weeds with vitamin D, if you're really curious about it, probably, because you could, you know, here in California, you can do, you can do um, what do they call it? Um, direct labs, you can just go and get a test yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you can just get, you don't have to ask your doctor's permission or whatever. Um, you can test for both, you're saying, probably, right? And yes, that'll be you a, can. a better way of looking at your levels. Do you recommend people, do you think people should be doing that or not even that?
1: Oh. Nope, be- unless they were sick, unless Ooh. they had high calcium in their blood, unless they had high phosphate, then you would want to check 125 mm-hmm. and you want to check 25 because sometimes if you have over 150 nanograms, usually that's telling you that you have way too much active as well. Hmm. That's really it. There's a, a sweet spot when it comes to vitamin D, just like the Goldilocks zone for any mineral vitamin nutrient. There's a certain amount you want. 70 nanograms seems to be the best amount for storage form. And then you want the the 125 to be low because high amounts will start bringing calcium into the body, calcify different tissues. Mm. That's going to be difficult to take care of. So
0: and, and that that's that range is usually um, you know from 25 I think now right is yeah, that where it yeah. starts to mm-hmm. like f- to 45 or f- I don't know yeah. I don't know what the end range is but I do know that you know your doctor will tell you you're fine if you're around 25 or a little above there right yeah. and the optimizing people will tell you that you want to be around 50 or then there's some cycles out there like um that guy that was on uh, rogan's podcast the um traumatic brain injury doctor i can't remember his name i'm sure people will know it but um he he's like he recommends you being above 75 and he supplements like ten thousand IU's i use a day he does like an insane I do that. yeah i mean it doesn't sound good to me either mm-hmm. but then he also because he also talks about how he um t- takes calcium also blah 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 you know all that stuff
1: andrew huberman
0: no, no, it's an. Uh, um, if you, I'll look it up in a second here. Yeah. It, it's um, he did um, he he was here for a while. Um, he was doing. He's working with guys who have CTE. Um, fucking god. Robert Sapolsky. No, 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 no. Although that guy, we can talk about that guy. That guy is an interesting guy. <laughs> Dr. Really Mark is. Gordon. Dr. Mark Gordon. Dr. Oh, Dr. Mark Gordon. I have no idea no. Who that is. Yeah, yeah. You you could well, I'd be curious. You know, you should check it out and then maybe you can make a post about it or something or let us know and we'll, we'll share about it too. I'd be I'll be curious your thoughts on it. Yeah, Dr. Mark Gordon. Um, and he does a shitload of vitamin <laughs> D. And he's yeah, like the, the one yeah. Um so so are you kind of on the side of don't supplement it then? Or what? mm
1: I think that depends on the actually the race because um, somebody that's dark skinned, it's actually natural for them to have lower levels of 25-hydroxy, the storage form, because form. they have higher amount of melanin. And so th- they already have a protection mechanism from UV light that lighter skinned individuals like you and I don't have. We will have higher amounts of 25-hydroxy. They won't. And so it's really dependent on race, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But one way that you can really tell is if you have... Demineralization of your teeth do you need vitamin D because that could be a surefire way if you're having too much cavities Maybe you need vitamin D and obviously vitamin K2 to bring it up to Mm the proper tissue Mm -hmm. if you have uh, If you broke a bone or if you you decided you were gonna skateboard one day and all of a sudden you fell And you you just really felt like it destroyed your shin or you hurt your elbow and you're not healing properly Likely you don't have enough calcium you need vitamin D. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always an as-need basis and I don't like that they measure serum because vitamin D is a fat soluble vitamin. It gets stored into the fat tissues Mm -hmm. and the the, the membranes itself. So whatever is present in the blood is probably not a true representation of what's going on inside of cells.
0: Okay, so that's that's a big point, I think, man. So you're saying even that going to your doctor and measuring both the storage and the in the, the inactive form too, probably even that is not a super accurate representation. Exactly. Because you're saying the only true way to do it is to pull out some adipose tissue, which which you can't do at your
1: local exactly. or whatever.
0: Okay, so then, and then could you talk about that relationship between vitamin D and calcium that you just brought up?
1: Yeah, yeah. So vitamin D tells your body to absorb more calcium and or utilize more calcium by pulling it out of bones and your teeth. And mm-hmm. so you have high calcium in the blood. Mm-hmm. Too much calcium in the blood will tend to put it into tissues where it's not supposed to be, mm-hmm. like the heart. And then you have arterial calcification. That's hmm. pretty much it, which is why you need vitamin K2 because if, with that, produces the protein that tells it to go to the proper tissue.
0: So then is there a relationship between people who have a lot of uh, calcification in their arteries, you're saying uh, – and have and having low or i guess high vitamin d, high vitamin d. Um, yeah yeah you think so
1: yeah there there definitely is I, I know man it's been a long time but there was a study that looked at vitamin d and saw worse outcomes because of the calcification hmm. you are basically telling calcium to come but you're not telling it where to go it's like as as if you had your um you're somebody in front of the the restaurant that's telling uh, people okay we're going to get a seat for you and then you never tell them which seat they go to. And so the people that are coming to the restaurant decide to go everywhere. There, there's no order when it comes to seating. Vitamin mm-hmm. K2 acts like the waitress that tells you exactly where you're supposed to sit in the mm-hmm. restaurant.
0: So now let's like bring it full circle because you know in the repeat world, it's really popular to uh, consume a lot of calcium. He, he's a big fan of calcium, right? For everything. Um, if you were to do that, does that increase the chances of, you, of that happening, also of uh, calcification happening, or is that a complete different mechanism that's happening there when you're consuming it from it, diet? It
1: it definitely does, but I know Ray is so adamant about K two and as well as Danny that I never see anybody having an issue with it. But if they didn't know better and they didn't consider K two, absolutely it could.
0: Hmm. hmm. So then going, I, I don't know what's his current recommendation because you know it changes things sometimes. Um. Mm-hmm. but somewhere around two quarts of milk. How much calcium is that? Do you know? I can I can Google it here really uh, quick.
1: I think it's past 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams of calcium.
0: Yeah. Do you think that's a, that's enough? Do you think that's too much?
1: Um, I think that's within the range. Usually 700 to 1,000 milligrams is what usually somebody wants. But what I believe the argument is is that people get too much phosphate in their diet. And it's very true. Usually when you eat muscle meats and all of the other um, foods like legumes, or if you were to eat grains, mm-hmm. breads, you're going to get a lot of phosphate. You need the calcium to circumvent the effects of phosphate. And so that's probably why Ray recommends it.
0: Hmm. Okay. So yeah, like well, like all things, and you have to, you can't just pinpoint one thing right without looking at the whole picture. So that's it's a problem. okay. So then, um, okay. Do you supplement vitamin D? Are you not a fan? No. 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 You don't get at all.
1: Measure, I, right? I used to. I used to, but. No, especially in Florida, man, there's no need for me.
0: Right. Now, what if you were living in Vancouver around a bunch of Maybe. heroin addicts? and uh, think Maybe. <laughs> yeah? Oh, man. It's it's such a tough... So how would you go about it? Let's say you had uh, some symptoms. That you were feeling like shit. Would you...
1: I would probably get a vitamin uh, a vitamin D, a UVB lamp instead.
0: Ah. ah. A tan- That's would a what I would bad, do. Would a tanning bed do similar or not even close?
1: So the that reaction i mentioned with the cholesterol converting to sequel steroid it only happens with uvb so it's, all you really need is uvb
0: but a tanning bed does have that too right
1: i think it also has uv and uvc and the uvc is what can be really damaging it's those are the highly ionizing
0: yeah. yeah 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 those will, those will make you tan though right that's the, i'm just yeah yeah okay. exactly so uvb light okay so so you would so you're you know you're you're Steering away from the, because Ray still recommends vitamin D to most people. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. all all the rubbing it on the skin, which of course, right, that that you're gonna soak up way less um, than if you're supplementing it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Interesting, and then uh, you know you brought up the U V B lamp. How about uh, red light therapy? Are you a fan of that stuff, or do you think it's overrated, yeah, yeah. or do you? What are your I, honest thoughts? <laughs> so
1: I never really got into red light until I started listening to Jack Cruz, and do you, I'm sure you've heard of Jack Cruz, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack is like <laughs> the complete opposite of Ray, but yeah. he has some very interesting perspectives, and he knows what he's talking about because even to this day. Having done some higher level courses in in physics and related to uh, how biology works with physics, he's absolutely right about a lot of things. For example, he talks about infrared light being the key to how life started on this planet. And in fact, most of the reactions in the prebiotic times that scientists believe have happened are thanks to UV light and infrared light. Mm -hmm. Without those two wavelengths of light, most of the reactions that gave rise to life probably would not have happened. Mm-hmm. We know that mitochondria respond pretty well to UV and uh, to a uh, infrared light mm-hmm. and it has to do with the electron transport chain those complexes there Will absorb some of the infrared light different wavelengths as well But mostly infrared and it'll increase the shuttling of the electron through the transport chain where you get is more ATP in return So red light is really beneficial in multiple ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one big Keynote you know, they, they promote a lot right Is you just get more ATP. So ATP. Th- that's that's true. That seems like it's a it's a real thing
1: yeah, it, it the mechanism is difficult to explain, especially because it requires higher level physics that I don't fully understand. That. But from what I can explain, the transport chain basically acts as a capacitor. It absorbs and holds electrical energy. And to an extent, any aberrations there can cause reactive species to form.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: with infrared light, the... I guess because it's a a longer wavelength, it's not as ionizing. Like UV light is faster wavelengths, whereas infrared is much longer. And so there's less energy leakage. It allows the body to transfer those electrons more effectively in the Hmm. the electron transport chain.
0: So with the red light, there's like a lot of brands out there. Juve being the most like you know whatever the most popular but super fucking expensive i don't know if Mm -hmm. you looked at their stuff yeah it's like thousands of (laughs) yeah it's like thousands of dollars and it does look cool i mean it has the best looking look there's other brands like like gambaret yeah you think it's just it's just a marketing tool right it just looks really good and um okay okay so what about then just using like a lot of people do which i have a bunch of but i don't know how I'm I'm not super hip on all the um, you know all the physics stuff with because I'm not sure how how much um, one of those uh, chicken coop kind of uh, lamp things if it's strong enough to emit enough red light. You don't think so either, huh?
1: No, it depends on what it, it should give you the exact amount on the back of the bulb or in the back of the 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 lamp itself. Usually, it's like two hundred twenty. Uh, watts. watts is two fifty. what is
0: 250
1: so I know that. So that that's still pretty high compared to most of them and then you would want to check the irradiance and how much energy is being put out in a, a Span of six inches and then 12 inches because that's really what matters is is that energy Traveling far enough into your tissue mm-hmm. because if it's not you're not gonna get any effect mm-hmm. The Sun has such a high radiance that you're always going to get an effect from the Sun when it comes to red light which is why I always tell people just go out in
0: the sun. Don't worry about that. <laughs> easy solution. The
1: you, the, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you have, you have every part of your body covered when it comes uh, to the sun.
0: Easy solution. There you go. I, I love that, bro, that you that you brought that yeah. up. Because I, I'm a big fan of stuff like that. Practical things. You know, I can tell yeah, you yeah. a thousand little tiny things that you could do that you won't. And mm-hmm. then it's like, what is the point even? Okay, that's a, you know, a, a great thing. Ah, because, so if you were living in a shithole place like Vancouver... No offense to my people <laughs> in Vancouver, but it's a shit hole. I've been there. I'm <laughs> just kidding. But um, you would just get, instead of even a red light, you would just say get a UVB light, uh, lamp, um, right? And g- get tan and go outside as much as you can still because you still, you're still you still getting some of that, right? Exactly. I mean, right, even even if exactly. you're in the winter. It's not the same, of course, but that would be the way to go to buy it. Um, and there are brands that make, um, you know, a little cheaper… Uh, red light therapy things but I don't know you know I've, my messing around with them is like you said I mean you could feel it when you're really close if you're using one of those mm-hmm, chicken chicken mm-hmm. Uh, heat things but it, you know I don't know That's as far
1: as you go yeah. A foot away
0: you don't feel shit you don't feel shit yeah. so you think probably you're not getting strong enough and you're just sitting there in front of a red light it looks kind of cool you're, maybe it's relaxing but
1: you're yeah. getting some signaling to the brain because the the light is hitting the eyes you're able to see the red light but when it comes to the, the mitochondria throughout your body probably not
0: Mm. Hmm. Good. Very fucking good point, man. <laughs> so what else, what other things can you do? What else do you do? We were, we got talking about this, um, the, uh, environmental, you know, stuff. What other things do you do? How about like, uh mold toxicity and all that because that's really hip and i've been there done that and i've done all sorts of tests and honestly man every time i've done those uh home mold tests it was just a fucking waste of time and a lot of money because it it, it always turns out that everything is fine and within range
1: here's why mm -hmm. and this is this is a big problem when it comes to mold testing nobody's going to mention this to you but your home inside will not have Mold spores, mm. and so everything really is fine. But if you were to <laughs> if you were to plug a hole in your sheetrock, and then that area, for example, if it was it had water damage and it grew mold, you're gonna find a lot of mold there. Mm. The mold isn't the problem, really. It's the the mycotoxins that can be volatile, and if they're volatile, they'll pass right through the wall. And because they're odorless, there there's no you can't see them. There's no color to them. And because you are inhaling them on a daily basis, if you're in a moldy environment, it's going to affect you regardless. That isn't going to show up on a blood test unless you have specific mycotoxins like mycophenolic acid. And um, what's another one? Citrin is another one. Those will show up. But there's so many different volatile compounds that molds produce. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they do that is because molds are always on an active war against bacteria. Those two are always trying to combat one another which is why penicillin was the antibiotic that was derived from the penicillium species of mold the fungus mm-hmm. so you can have normal air at home but in reality you have to puncture sheetrock and use an urban test there to actually see if you have normal air so, so no way to fair, tell
0: us fair it. to say it's kind of useless to do those useless yeah wow you're the first person yeah. to say that bro i really appreciate having you on here <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> because i've i dude i i've wasted I don't know. So I mean, not hundreds like hundreds of dollars. Yeah, no, like a thousand to two thousand bucks. Fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, you got. I, yeah. I'm all about kind of trying it out and being you know, and just seeing what I get. And like I said, it was like, all right, this is just a bunch of fucking wasted time. It would show you some one very specific thing, and then it's like you find out about it. And it's like oh, you really can't really do anything about that. So.
1: Butter.
0: you know even
1: remediation if you let's say you did have such a high level mold in your house (coughs) you're gonna spend more money remediating than if you were to just move out yeah that's really what you're supposed to do
0: yeah exactly and yeah i I guess it's like find the best thing you can move into right the best cleanest Mm -hmm. space you can but guess what it's probably some mold there too right
1: (laughs) yeah you ever seen you ever seen how they build houses with wood and stuff and then, as the construction is being built over a period of a couple months to a year, there's always rainstorms that'll oh, come yeah. by. And watch. Oh yeah. Oh There's always mold <laughs> growing in the new houses.
0: Yeah, and it's not like these construction workers are like checking, like, oh, okay, guys, we're having a high levels of mold. Let's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. they're just building a fucking house. I know you would have to change. I mean, it's sad that that's the way it is, but that's the way it is. You know, you would have yeah. to change the entire system. I think to fucking so do you do anything to filter air inside the the house do you buy those i should yeah i should
1: honestly filtering air in the house because once again the the place that i'm in they have this wax over the tiles and the floor and they off gas you could smell it after a couple of hours you leave the house Mm -hmm. so i leave the door open as much as i can and that's usually the best air filter just leave your freaking windows open open the door don't go buying a two thousand dollar filter but if you were to have one yeah it'll help out but nothing that you know, I would focus the most of my time on air filters would be something last that I'll consider. Mm
0: -hmm. Cause there's some also, I I, I was that close to buying like one of those like $500 ones, but then I was like, "Eh, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause also another thing is like how often i got to change the filter and how much I got to spend on the filter and how do I know that that filter is dirty or not dirty? What Mm -hmm. kind of shit is that filter blowing out into my air? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't know. That's a whole world that I also haven't, I, yeah, I, I've been, you know, kind of and, like, ah, I'm careful. Like I don't want to fucking yeah. go too deep into it, and then
1: because you, you 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 become basically like the typical mom that's just worried about every single thing that's impacting yeah a home. Yeah, yeah. it's difficult, man.
0: Go outside. So and and then also in that world, another thing is like um, negative uh I, I, ion, ion ionizers, right? What do they call them? Air ionizers now, or what do they call?
1: Yeah, them? yeah, where they produce negative ions.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Like, yeah. And there, there's there's Really small, cheap ones, which I haven't fucked around with on, like, mm-hmm. Amazon. You just, like, plug it in. But, again, I don't know. How, how much do you know about that world? Nothing. No,
1: it's, it's it. No, I know quite a bit about the whole ion stuff. But it's, to me, not worth it. Because guess where you're getting negative ions from? Hmm. The tree right outside your home. <laughs> <laughs> it's free right there, man.
0: Okay. So just go outside, huh? <laughs> that's Fucking the Fucking good the tip. Thing. Oh, man. I don't know if you saw my Instagram. I posted the other day. I was just walking by on this major street here, and um, you know, I saw these two dudes in the gym, you know, facing fucking wall walking on the treadmill walking not running oh I see, that,
1: I see that walking see that, with their yeah on. yeah masks yeah.
0: fully fucking you know like they're like glued Comfort to fully, face full, full, yeah bluetooth and another screen in front just walking not even running i was waiting i believe it believe it. i was standing there for about 10 minutes i was like come on they gotta start running or something and they did they just walked <laughs> that's where we're that, really at that
1: man. reminds me of that instagram page dystopia aesthetics oh yeah they, oh yeah <laughs> This is pretty much it, man.
0: Ah, uh, dude, that's where we're at. Where we are at. Okay, so um, and by the way, that whole the whole grounding scene is sort of based a lot of on that negative ion stuff, right? Because you're yeah. just you're touching the floor and you're releasing a lot of those things, or you're getting um, a
1: lot of those things. Out. Yes. So, how can I explain this? But so yeah, you do have a buildup of a. It's not even a gradient. You have some charges that your body has to release. And if you just ground yourself, it'll release them. And the reason why the earth is a perfect grounding agent is because it basically absorbs those charges. And in return, you get electrons from it. But the, the idea of electrons are not electron particles themselves. It may be some kind of um, carbon atom or oxygen atom that has a charge, but then it quickly dissipates. There's really no benefit other than the discharge from your own body. Mm-hmm. and it's not like it can make such a difference for people that it'll change or revolutionize, revolutionize their life. Some people have claimed that just by waking up in the middle of the night when they can't sleep and going outside, mm-hmm. after discharging, they feel better and they can go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Some people are just sensitive like that to pollution, but I don't think it's as big a concern, really, as most people make it out to be. It, it depends on the individual. <laughs>
0: Love it. So then buying uh, $200 uh, grounding mats no, for, their, for their bed. <laughs> Love it, brother. <laughs> i was so happy have no. you on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, fuck. And by the way, it's another thing that you got to plug in, right? It's usually that. Or it's like this You're other... already
1: creating yeah you're that's what i'm saying as
0: you plug it. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know man uh, we've we've definitely hit a wall with all the biohacking shit right where i yeah. feel like i yeah. i can't take it anymore man i'm just like oh my god <laughs> and i mean like i don't even know how, <sighs> how how full retard we can go on this it's just like it just keeps going and going and going and i'm like stop it Oh, my God, man. Okay. That,
1: the best <laughs> one was your video of Rhonda Patrick. Man, i watched that at least 20 <laughs> times. Dr. Patrick.
0: <laughs> Hello, guys. How she opens her mouth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the cadence. The cadence uh, when you did it was exactly on point.
0: And then the head you, twist. Oh, man. Thank you, sir. Good. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Well, I also I don't know if people caught on, but like, because she does her little um, reels, and she like changes every every yeah every yeah, bit. Yeah. So I just kind of went all over my house, and I ended up like in the toilet. <laughs> I was just like this is <laughs> behind
1: behind the the, the, the leaf that you yeah, get yeah 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 like little I, tree that you have.
0: Yeah, I walked out of a closet out of, on one of them. So I don't know, because I just thought it was funny. I was like, why does she just fucking do just stay in the same place and just pause it? I don't know. Oh man! All right, yeah, so man, going outside, good. <laughs> doing good stuff. Um, and then, well, you brought up EMF stuff like that. How about that? Like, yeah. you know, basic stuff like turning off your wifi signal or what?
1: Yeah, that definitely, you don't want to be sleeping next to a router. You definitely don't want to be sleeping next to your, your, um, electric box and mm. the smart meters in the house. If you have some, you want to turn off wifi. Definitely those things play a role. And to the extent that they play a role might be minor because the electromagnetic, waves that are produced are always interacting with different things, even if they're not not magnetizable. Like the wood table that I have in front of me is to an extent protecting me from the frequency of the phone, the laptop I have in front Mm. of me. And because people are always going to be on digital devices nowadays, there's no escaping it. The best thing you can do is just mitigate it at night and just be outside because the light from the sun that most people forget is an electromagnetic frequency that interacts (laughs) with other (laughs) Canceling them out.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's not it's a huge simple. concern to you, huh? You're not uh, one of those 5G tower if, kind of people, are you? <laughs> I, I, I
1: definitely think that 5G is detrimental if you're outside. <clears throat> if you're inside, because it's such a, uh, sh- it's a sharp frequency, it'll just penetrate maybe the wall and that's it. It can never get to you once you're inside. Unless you have a 5G box inside, then you're, you're fucked. But hmm. outside, you're usually going to have a couple of towers in the span of 1,000 feet. It will create basically a microwave box. Mm. You're basically getting microwaved. There's no way around it. It's what, the same thing. What frequency about your phone?
0: Because you know all the new iPhones, are they're like all 5G.
1: 5G, mm. yeah.
0: yeah. So you probably don't. Same thing. Same thing? Mm. Yeah, so
1: if you're if you're this close, you're getting some of that. The best thing you could do once again is just be outside. Um, those little things that they put on the phone where they call it a Faraday box, Yeah. it's yeah. not acting like a Faraday cage or box. You need a real cage to actually prevent most of this from happening. There's no getting around
0: it. Hmm, you you never tried one of those? I've had one uh, given to me. I think it was Slint, the company. I mean, you put the phone inside and it, no signal. You never fucked around with one of those. So, but I mean, no, again, it's not I, practical. I think I know what you mean, like you're well, it's literally yeah. that meshy kind of fabric thing, whatever they call Faraday. Right. You, you put the phone inside. If you close it, the signal won't go through. You can't call the phone. But it's not very practical. Because, oh, okay, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because well, yeah, that's not
1: the one. I, that's not the one. I um. The the one I'm thinking about is the, the sticker that you put on the phone. Oh no, you know,
0: no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, dude, that ain't no. doing shit. Well, I mean yeah. hey, I've been there done that though. I bought I bought those things back in the day too when they just started coming out. I mean this was like mm-hmm. iPhone two or probably <laughs> something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is a long time ago. But yeah, or like, you know, those like crystal chains that are like, oh, this protects the yeah, yeah. EMF. I'm like, I don't I mean it looks cool. I don't know. I mean whatever, but like yeah. I, I don't think it works that way, does it, Yeah. <laughs>
1: but the the mesh one sounds like it could work, but then it's like, what's the point if you're going to use your phone?
0: That's what I was saying. Let me let me Google really quick. I think the name of um of the thing is Slint. Um Faraday. I'll write it know. down. Yeah, Slint phone case or Sling Sling Sling. That's right, Sling. Um, yeah, it's uh like I said, it's a real thing. You know, you put it inside and it's, you know, it's dead. You can't call it, but it's not practical because. What if somebody wants to text you or call you? are like, I don't know what the fuck you're going to do. Exactly. And then, and then the thing is like if you don't mind having your phone turned off, just don't take your phone or like don't use your mm-hmm. phone. Yeah. The, that's, so, the,
1: that's the difference. It's like there's, there's already a solution for you. It's just put it on airplane mode and keep it in a room away instead mm-hmm. of buying I don't know how expensive that might be. See, even that so. has been
0: debated though because you, I don't know if you know, like these new phones, like if you turn them off, you're still able to use Find My Phone. You know that there's this new. Oh, that's a good point. I think consider that. It's this, new, it's this that. new feature that they added. Yeah, new amazing feature, right? Mm. If it's like you turn off your phone, you can still fi- use Find My Phone in case you lose it. Blah blah blah. So it's like okay, so it's still emitting a bit of a signal, or what the fuck? How does that fucking work? How's the mm. phone off, but still you can use Find My Phone? Then I have no clue. They
1: they <laughs> probably have some some program or software that turns the phone off, but it doesn't turn off that specific bit of Find My Phone. And so that's definitely emitting a signal because otherwise they wouldn't be able to find the location of the phone.
0: Mm-hmm. So just basically, yeah, yeah the only way to do it is you're saying just stay away from it a bit. Yeah, And uh, yeah. but you're not yeah. super concerned about it. You're not like, you ever see... Um, <clears throat> Werner Herzog, you know who that is? The director, he does these like cool documentaries, older guy. Well, there's this, it's this kind of a famous documentarian. He did this documentary where he it was all about technology, and he went to this small island in Hawaii, and it's full of people who have moved to this small, tiny island of Hawaii because there's no cell towers there at all, nothing, nothing. It's just mm-hmm. a small area that they've... Because apparently these people were like living in this cities or whatever. And they were like dying because they were so sensitive to EMF and then they moved there and um, you know, they, it goes away. They, it goes away. Now I don't know if it's all bullshit, you know, or it's in their head, but it was quite interesting. And it was yeah. uh, obviously the people were a little weird, you know, I mean, living in a tiny little yeah. place in Hawaii.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the sensitive people, there definitely is a, a certain po- amount of po- uh, people in the population that have for some reason a sensitivity to currents and then the current changes and what usually happens is that voltage gated channels activate and they get basically excitotoxicity in their brain and their nervous system it feels like they're on fire basically or they have fibromyalgia Mm -hmm. It, it can happen and the same thing happens with one fourth of the population in regards to mold they have a human leukocyte antigen mutation which is a gene in which basically they have hyperimmune responses to the mold and so they have really high sensitivity. So those people exist. And I'm sure something in relation to like a genetic difference between the people that don't experience pollution, um, symptoms from electropollution, and then the people that do experience symptoms from electropollution exists. But what it is, I'm not sure. I haven't looked too deep into it. Hmm. So it's very much possible. But I don't think if, if we live already in a city area and we're exposed to a bunch of different devices that emit electromagnetic frequencies and we haven't gotten sick yet we're probably not that people
0: yeah (laughs) good point yeah especially like me living in LA although I don't know I mean I, I do know if I stare at a screen for two, I mean, I can't believe people yeah. work and stare at a screen all fucking day long. I mean, yeah. I'm so blessed, seriously. I'm thankful and grateful for it every day that I don't have to do that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that sounds like a rough life. Um, but you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, I understand. Um, but yeah, that's probably, I do feel crappy when I do that, but that also could be that I'm just kind of not used to it. Like, I don't have any, you know, I, I've never really done that my whole life. So I don't know. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's an interesting topic nonetheless. Um, so as far as science goes and, uh, all stuff that you're doing, what are you doing currently? What are you into now?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm finishing my bachelor's in biomedical science, biotechnology. It's basically both together. You get to do a bit of both. And I got really interested in the chemistry and the physics side of things. So what I'm probably going to do, there's some master's programs that I wanted to get into, but to do a really good master's program in like chemistry or biochemistry, You would need a couple of courses that I haven't taken yet. And if I just wanted to get a master's in biochemistry that wasn't really applicable to the things that I want to do, I could. But I'm probably going to do a second bachelor's in both pure chemistry and math. And it'll probably take me two years, which will then allow me to do the things that I really want to do, which is the the biophysical, biochemical stuff that I find really interesting that Ray P. talks about a lot. But to really understand what's going on, for example, with Gilbert Ling, Mm-hmm. The reason nobody understands what the hell Gilbert links talking about that's is because it's, <laughs> it's, it's purely physical chemistry yeah and that is one of the hardest courses to take in chemistry there's yeah. a lot of thermodynamics involved what he's ultimately stating is that if the sodium potassium pump existed it would violate the laws of thermodynamics by five times mm-hmm. the amount of energy required mm-hmm. that's basically his, his general idea but to really understand these things, you need you need some high level chemistry and physics courses. That's what I'm probably gonna do next in the coming couple of months.
0: Shit, man! So you're gonna get into some fucking deep waters there. Yeah. So that's the and you wanna just continue doing research for now. That's what you're into. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Very, very cool. I don't, I don't know Gilbert Lee. So whatever happened to the to the documentary? They they kind of released the thing. Of, I don't know. People. I found out about
1: these guys way after they existed. Oh yeah, oh, there
0: it. was a lot, eh, you know. I'm, I I want to see some comments from people below. I'm curious like what they'll say cuz <laughs> I've heard there's been a lot of money donated to that documentary. So, um, yeah. I wonder what happened there. I have no idea. Maybe somebody will put one out again. I don't know. Although
1: at least they they released a Ray Pete one. But I'm interested to see um. Oh, I forgot yeah, the with a name. piece of
0: cheese of fucking hanging above his lip that they couldn't tell him about. Did you see that clip? Oh, they
1: no, I didn't. yeah,
0: I commented that too. <laughs> it was, it's like, it's, come on, like it was like a little piece of cheese or something oh, hanging off of the lip, and I'm like, oh, dang. for two hours,
1: like. <laughs> the way to funny. paint the master in the wrong light. Yeah,
0: well, you, you know, I mean, you know, he's yeah. Ray Pete. He's an interesting fella. Either right. Way. Well, awesome, bro. Yeah. 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 What are
1: you saying? <laughs> I was gonna mention about Ray. Like most people don't know, but the stuff that he he still explains goes above my head at times. Goes above many people's head at times. Ray's depth of knowledge is far far greater than most people realize. Mm-hmm. It, it. He's. I'm sure this, the coming years will still have things about Ray that we'll revisit and we'll see. Oh, he mentioned this way way ago, but we still don't understand why or what this meant. Now we do. Like he's going to be some somebody that residually comes up back up in the coming decade. I think. I
0: agree. And whether people agree or not, at least you got to give him credit for talking about shit like you know, like 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 eating carbohydrates and not eating pufa. Mm -hmm. Way ahead of his time. His time, yeah. <clears throat> Whereas now you have those, like, you know, super popular Instagram accounts that are just like straight up pulling shit from him and they're just yeah. posting about it and getting, you know, th- thousands mm-hmm. of likes and blah, blah, blah. But there, you get so something like, oh, I've read that somewhere. Oh, Ray Pete said exact, that exact same thing. And then and they're bang. citing the same they, references. They never give Which credit. is fine. Yeah, you just gotta, I just feel like you gotta give credit because, you know, in a year or two when they find some other guru, they'll just quote it'll just flip on that they'll just flip and they'll just fucking doing that so you gotta think for yourself but um, I appreciate you being so uh, honest and and practical about certain things even though you're a super knowledgeable fucking guy and you know your shit appreciate it
1: man so thanks for coming onto
0: the show and uh, I hope we can do it again and uh, maybe we can get Kyle on here and I think we guys guys would uh, have a great chat on here so maybe we'll do it again in the coming uh, weeks or months or whatever All right, brother sounds good thank you